Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benham. And I'm JP. Hi lads, how's it going? Not too bad, how's yourself? Very good, have you been uh, busy? <laughs> you always throw that one back at me, JP, I believe. I do, uh... <laughs> I'm playing ball. You just don't want to talk about the Arsenal game, I know you've just been I watching. I don't, mate. I that's Bloody it awful, it's the reason we're recording late, and you know what? <laughs> if I hadn't watched it in the first place, I'd probably feel a lot better. But I'm kind of used to the, these kind of results with them. I'm not surprised. On the upside, it's another clean streak for John Lundstrom in the fantasy team. That's the only benefit I'm taking out of that one. Uh, Hopefully got one. an assist for the goal, possibly. I know he's in your team, Benno. No, he's not. I haven't. Oh, I haven't got Lundstrom, haven't I? Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah I've got Lundstrom. He's, he's you're, a cheapie, you're like isn't he? just behind me. You're like one point behind me. It's, it's important. I had the, the... Oh, mid-table. Okay. Yeah. Who's top? Um, I'll go to that league right now. This is the Shiva Bowl, isn't it? This is the important one. This is where, like, basically I've sent a lot of invites. You make Kieran's only third. Your boy Kieran Keynes. There he is. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, doing he's... well. He's always been very good at it. Richard Gittens. I don't yeah. even know who that is. I assume that's a listener or something. Um... Riddle Town? Is he a big Matt Riddle fan, that guy? Is that JP? He's not. He's not now at a, at a big week. He's trying to steal your gimmick there, though. He's got he's got a good so he's got Salah in midfield, Firmino, Tammy Abram as captain seems like a wild choice. <laughs> so yeah, looking oh you've just gone ahead of me. You're ahead of we're level on points, Benno. Twenty fifth and twenty sixth. I like that. We had the grapple derby the other week. Me and uh, Grapple Gareth in the uh, the head to head league. It didn't look like he'd even oh, touched yeah. his team for a week, and he still beat me. That just kind of yeah sums up my season. Uh, he's he's doing well at the minute. My my son is still bottom, but he didn't he didn't get a team in the first week, so he didn't get any points. So he's been trying to play catch up ever since then. Yeah, so Tommy, I'm good old fantasy. Surprised he's got time between WA WWE games to uh, to get the fantasy league going and that. Ah, uh, he's 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 now fully it's football manager and Pez at the minute. Oh yeah. So like he's playing Pez. Uh, he's at Milan. At the minute. A bit of a contrarian, eh? Going for Pez in this day and age. He right? is. He... I'm all for that. That was that was my game is, back is, in the day. Is Pez what you call it? Because when I was a kid, it was Pro Evo. That's what we all Pro Evo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what all kids yeah, call, call it now, Pez. Are you trying to be down with the kids, JP? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what they're basically. I have to sit through that bloody Pez Fortnite is one of those, stuff. Like, Sweet the, the fizzy sweets, yeah, but like Simpsons heads or something on. They were never great sweets. No, they were shit. I had a packet of Love Arts the other day, and do you know what? They're fucking cracking as sweets. You don't have to read <laughs> the bloody things. Yeah, nice fizzy, quite sharp. Where'd you oh. get your Love Arts from? Um, there's, you know that bigger corner shop just oh, around the corner from it. Yeah, I just bought a packet I'll of Love buy Arts. A pack. Someone gives you know when you get yeah. those big tough sweets. Someone come in a tub, one. yeah. They'll, they'll go straight for them. And actually, someone well, gave me one recently. Give me a packet of them. I was like, oh, I'll have that. You know what we're missing a trick? We should get like some JP branded love hearts with like JP quotes on them. I think that could work. Oh, it would be, it would get very dark very quickly. There might actually be a market for that. Now we're sucking li- diesel. It is. Or sucking diesel would be really, <laughs> be pretty much on a loop. Um, uh, you're underestimating how many JP isms there are there, mate. There are a lot. I said one earlier on a few seconds ago. House, what was it? Housewives' favorite. Yeah, it's just a bizarre phrase I like coming out with. It didn't mean anything. I got a great tour of um, JP's kind of youth last week, didn't I? Mm. We were going through North London on a minibus. Oh yeah. And, uh, running commentary on all of these <laughs> North London hordes and different areas and the Irish newspaper that's operates in North London. Get the history of that as yeah. well. A good tour. 
about two and a half hour bus journey. Went past the hospital where I was born. Yeah. <laughs> in Tottenham. Yeah. Saw Tottenham's ground. Yeah, we did. Uh, like New White Hart Lane. Yeah. JP managed to keep the uh, the journey entertaining by just giving us a running commentary. <laughs> and sort of every nook and cranny of that area, you had some sort of experience. Like a very shit Peter Aykroyd. Even that BP station. I was like, oh, I've been in there before. Yeah, I have actually. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in the BP station, JP? No, there's really no incident, but I have gone there before because, um, like, as a kid, I grew up not far from there. Mm. Like, round the corner from the actual... There's a, White Hart Lane itself is a really long road that connects Wood Green, which... People would know if only they were going to, like, say, Ali Pali or something like that. But it connects Wood Green to Tottenham. It's not a lovely part of the world. It's mm. not exactly like a, a sort of long, nice summer's walk along there. I think my favourite bit was the road that led to the pub where you wanted to break a fight up between Jack Sexsmith's dad and someone else. <laughs> I didn't have to break. No, no, that was, uh, it was a pub called The Bird in Hand. Right. Oh. We used to, I remember watching Arsenal win the league in 89. Didn't Noel Quinn used to drink in there as well? He didn't. He used to drink in the Dog and Duck, oh, Noel Quinn. Um, that was further <laughs> up. That was near the church. Oh, yeah. Simpler times. Still, We would be taken to church, not really knowing quite why my dad was going i was like really we were not really the kind of thing he necessarily he went along because he's irish and that's what they You're did Catholic boy. yeah but he wasn't exactly a man who lived by those kind of things necessarily but that's why they would all go there for a pint afterwards and legging out after communion not hang around for the notices stuff you two wouldn't get this what i'm on about but it's a bit where they kind of you know go through news stuff at the end before the priest wraps news it up stuff yeah well, like catholic news Oh, it's stuff about the church, what's going on. Like, Events. Like, like, Those boys went in, they were legging it to the pub. Like I say, <laughs> dog and duck. It looks tiny on the outside, but it's, it's quite deep. It's a nice pub. <laughs> what was... I think I get about the dog and duck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't expect it at all. Well, I, I was following you. What was it on? Was it on Saturday night, Benno? All these untapped messages coming up. I thought, Jesus. Uh, so this is, Benno, is it Benno's birthday? He seems to be on the absolute fucking tear here. I had a good little time. Went to the, the Black Lodge Brewery in Liverpool. I had a nice couple of beers in there. One of them was a, was it Open the Dream Gate or something like that it was called? Or was it a Jewel of the Iron Mike, which is a, a Josephine beer they had at, uh, <laughs> in that brewery? Yeah, I had a grand old time. Jewel of the Iron Mike, as in the... The, that song yeah that 15 day will strike that one good, yeah good yeah song, yeah good song shit not that a long time <laughs> you've not been watching the Wu-Tang series on uh, on Hulu then Joe no oh, that's a shame I think is that that it. documentary it, no, no this is like a, the live action one where I think I've mentioned that before where what? like yeah straight out of Compton the series yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't but, know it started but it's so good no, it's so cheap. It's like they're trying to do the nineties, but like they haven't got enough money to buy the costumes. So everyone just looks like like it could be today. Like the, every now and then, someone will have like a black, baggy loud top on or something, and it's just it's very cheap. But I'm enjoying it because it's the story of Wu Tang, and there's some good uh, Wu Tang related tidbits. I didn't know Ghostface and Raekwon shooting guns at each other back in the day. Things like that. It's worth watching for that. Okay, uh, the budget and the kind of period, if they're not getting it right, will bother me. It's like yeah. um, The Loudest Voice, which I started watching, lasted an episode. As soon as I saw <laughs> Russell Crowe was in a, um, what was it, like a video shop or yeah. an entertainment store in 1995, looking at this place, and he was like, yeah, this is going to be where Fox News is going to be set. And it was meant to have closed down. I saw a sign on the wall in 1995 that said DVDs on sale, 9 I was like... 
DVD didn't exist in 1995. They weren't on sale until 1997 in the US. <laughs> that took me out of it completely. I thought that's just a lack of thought and yeah. a lack of effort that's gone into mm. that. Like, yeah, you got Russell Crowe. Yeah, you got Sienna Miller. Let's just fuck off the set design. Well, like, if you're spending millions, then continuity is yeah. exactly something yeah. you shouldn't really scrimp and save on, should yeah. you? See, they've got the money. Hulu, I can forgive, but no, big, big, big live action film. You can't get away with that. Yeah, exactly. Wait, when you say that, it just makes me kind of long for watching straight out Compton again. That's Is Method fun. Man or anyone in it? Yeah, well, no, they're all executive producers. Uh, Papa Wu oh. is the only real person I've seen in it. But the, the kid who plays Method Man's very good. Kid who plays Raekwon isn't great because, well, he's not fat. Uh, I feel like they've they've, they've dressed him up. They've uh, they're play, placating his ego there by not making him just some some fat kid. But the guy who plays Riz is all right. He's he's not very very Rizza like, but. If you're a fan, it's worth watching. If you're not, it's probably not. I think it's probably uh, the way I'd put it. But I'm enjoying it. Do you remember when Omar from The Wire was going to be playing ODB at some point? That never was happened, it? did it? I, yeah, that was, that was, that was um, confirmed years ago. And then he did a live set with someone where he was playing uh, Brook- he did Brooklyn Zoo live. Ah, I don't know. I don't I know enough yeah, about yeah, ODB, yeah. to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And I was I was well excited for a bit of Omar as ODB, but just never oh. seemed to actually happen for some reason. Oh, Not sure what happened were. there. Definitely were. He was too busy in Liverpool doing documentaries <laughs> with... Uh, <laughs> well, black, black market on so, ice. That, yeah. that, that'll be a review we do one day. We'll have to do that as a, a bonus. That, just that episode. Um, did you see, by the way, The Wrestlers is on 4OD. Found that out today. Apparently that is to be kind of documentary It's on series. Now TV as well. Is it? Yeah. Oh, there you go. We like reviewed it a lot, didn't we, Jerome? We've first came over to grapple yeah. so if anyone listened to it and didn't know yeah you can uh, you can actually watch it all there on so it's on 4od and, and it's on now tv as well not quite it's not quite up there with omar uh cracking the black market uh stolen tesco meat scene in liverpool but a good uh documentary series in itself <laughs> the stolen was, meat scene it was a great little series i thought some of the best documentaries i've ever seen on wrestling especially the yes. canadian one mm. that was the kind of higher that was a sort of sociological documentary not so much mm. the mvp one wrestling yeah that's that's possibly the weakest mm. um i really i, I love the mexican one mm. Um, I thought I thought that, yeah, was, that was fantastic good. for um, like being in Tijuana and following Phoenix. I thought I thought that was that was fascinating. I mean, all of them are worth watching. I say none of them are bad. Mm. The Stardom one kind of, you know, it, it really shocked me in the first. So yeah, I was like, yeah. bloody hell! Like it was, you know, there was a lot about that that made you feel uncomfortable. Mm. Just aspects of the promotion, and obviously, it's been a. A thing brought up this week about sort of Rossi Agawa. He comes very, across like a creep. Very uncomfortable about Joshi in general, i got to say. Mm. And kind of confirmed a lot of what I <laughs> always... <laughs> yeah, they're a good portion of the fans are nonsense, let's all be honest, you know. Sebastian's been banned from Twitter now, so we've got to be the ones to say it. Ah, yes. why's that? He oh. made... He was talking about, like, something about promoters, like, techniques and it was like for with their 16 year old trainees and it's just some bloke rubbing some woman's leg oh and then he put that up and then somebody had complained so oh. he's been he's been he's been suspended all right oh. peace the best test for a yeah. my, my dream of uh well pre uh ref beating and quilden <laughs> outing of uh, the Josh Bodum Sebastian tactic of progress is really over at this point. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
Do you follow both of them on Instagram? He's a hell of a follow. Yeah, what a twat. <laughs> Hilarious, but what a twat. He's like the biggest townie, isn't he? Just like, uh, he's like the biggest scout. I saw him, he did a... He put something like, is anybody out? I'm going to the Bournemouth Weatherspoons on my own. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Both the moon and the, I've been in that Weatherspoons a few times, the moon and the Sabanarava. It's, it's like next door to the venue that he runs it with that strike promotion. Because mm. that's a nightclub that's just around the corner from it. The awful, awful place. <laughs> One of the worst nightclubs I've ever had the displeasure of visiting in my, in my time. <laughs> That's for sure, before I retired from clubbing. Is it a very Josh uh, Bowden You really place? don't miss those days, do you? Uh, no, I don't. The crazy house, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it, the it, crazy it, house will bring anyone out of retirement. Oh, definitely, definitely. Maybe we could, maybe we could get Bowden down there. Maybe we could uh, bring him back before he goes full Conor McGregor. I feel like he is going off the deep end. He's going like Poundland Conor McGregor, though, isn't he? He is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's oh, becoming God. a boxer now, as well as saw on his Instagram. He yeah. reckons he's going to be having fights in no time, according to what he was blabbered about. On that there. takes years. I know he puts up like MMA photos and stuff like that. But I also saw that he put a picture where he was flexing and he was showing his muscles, and he said it said the drugs don't work. By the verb, I was like, oh, that is kind of fun. <laughs> oh yeah, if there was ever a man, he was definitely on it. It was him. Uh, I don't know. I hope his. I'm hoping his like his life plan kind of follows more, maybe more Connor than Gaza. I could see Gaza being a thing for him as well. I could see that uh, that happening for Fora. Uh, yeah. He's not got the charm of Gaza. Mm, that's true. Oh, did you see Was that? Was it Gaza had a feud with Snoop? Snoop yeah, Dogg? Yeah. Paul Gascoigne yeah. and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah. Snoop Dogg posted some picture of, like, this is what weed does to you after this many years. Oh, this, this is what alcohol. alcohol does to you. It's a picture of Gaza. Oh my god! And then Gaza hit back at him in some way, and it all kicked off. Between oh, called the two him, of them. I've just I've just googled it now. Apparently, he called Snoop Dogg an ugly twat. Perfect. Sorry, <laughs> Gaza. <laughs> like oh I'm, Gaza, you reminded me because like Dubbage Park sent us an, an image, didn't they, on um, Twitter, JP, of like what what we could oh, potentially yeah. talk about on Spotlight this week. Lads, I'm worried we might be the Daily Star of wrestling podcast because like it was the front page of the Daily Star. I've actually I've just brought it up. The headlines on the front page of the Daily Star on Sunday. Number one, Gaza exclusive. Cops who nick me ask for selfie. Number two. Yeah. Well, I, I'd be, if I was a cop and I was nicking him, I would be getting... That's the first thing I'd think of. <laughs> just hide the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the handcuffs behind your back, you know? Just, uh, yeah. That could work. Um, it's Gaza. He's like one of my all-time heroes. And he's innocent. He was found not guilty. He was found not guilty, everyone. Did um, you see what he said? No, what did he say? He... It wasn't a sexual assault because it wasn't sexually charged. He was trying to boost the girl's confidence oh, when people were calling her fat and ugly by giving her a big fat kiss on the lips and saying, you're not fat or ugly, love, or something. Oh, yeah. Jesus. And it was deemed non-sexual as ah, a result of that. I can imagine him in his pissed up brain thinking that's a good idea. Oh, Conor yeah. McGregor is... plastic boobs like the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Classic. Oh, the other, yeah, the, other, the other stories on the front page were a new Saudi takeover bid for Man United. England batter and the Aussies in rugby, and the main story soap exclusive. EastEnders star works in B and M shop. I think with the Daily oh, Star. I saw that. <laughs> I, saw, I saw something about that. Where was I? Katie Jarvis. I I was you are Katie Jarvis is the name of the girl. I think she was the girl. Have you seen Fish Tank with Fassbender? Oh yeah, I have. Yeah. The girl from Fish Tank. What? She got a role in EastEnders. She was the girl. You don't remember you watched it last? Fish Christmas. Tank is a brilliant film. Yeah, I really, it's, it's the girl great. Fassbender abuses in. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. She got a role, and uh, Shane Ritchie was uh, having off of her. 
You don't remember last Christmas when he was left for dead by cats? I do remember that. That was I watched that specifically for this show. <laughs> it was the and <laughs> it turns out he was holding his breath. That was basically it. Was that what? That's what it was. <laughs> it was the girl. Give or take. The girl that he was supposed to have like had a baby with or something. Was that her? Yeah. Now it works at B and M bargains apparently. Oh. That's really sad. That's I mean, like B and M bargain. You know, it's not the I worst can, place. Well, it's. I mean, from what reading the story, in all seriousness, I like. I loathe tabloid journalism generally and i hate this kind of like intrusive bullshit into into people's lives mm. generally I, I really dislike it it's that idea of do the public need to know this mm. if somebody asked and i went why are you working at bm you'd be well within your rights to go fuck off and mind your own business That's also almost have that. sorry bring down the moat bring down the let's mood. consider what happened on saturday in parliament right yeah and then we've got a headline on the front of a daily star about <laughs> And a former EastEnders star, not a significant EastEnders cast member, not someone I'm going to remember mm. that's now working in B&M Bargains. Like, kind of sums up tabloid journalism as a whole, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Are you saying you think they should have led with Gaza? Because I think they should have led with Gaza. I mean, if you're leading with one of the two stories, then the Gaza <laughs> one is clearly the one that you're going to go with. Very true. Um, Almost like, I mean, it's a bit like, do you know the Daily Express for a very long time? All they had on their front page was either a picture of Princess Diana or a picture of Madeleine McCann. Because it just runs with stories and, like, conspiracies. In some ways, I could see the Daily Star just running with Gaza stories. Then it was Farage for a long time. When when they were uh, bankrolling UKIP, lots of Farage constantly. Positive Farage's messages, yeah. So from Madeleine McCann to Nigel Farage. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. You Shouldn't wanna... dwell on either subject, really, should we? Do you reckon they're going to find Maddie? Probably not going to find Maddie, are they? Nah. Couldn't give a shit. <laughs> Sorry about that. I know she's a big Everton fan, all the rest of it. Oh, no, I don't so, care either. You know, don't Jessica Wells and Holly Chapman, Huntley's girls being big Man United fans at all. That was a devastating loss to my, my United-supporting friends. But what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> You're walking right through them. I just find the concept of like these children who have been like part of headlines in football shirts just odd. Yeah, there is an. I suppose the idea of it, isn't it, is to try and add the somewhat communal aspect. It's a deliberate idea to kind of play on people's emotions. Good United fans, them girls. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else before we get into the wrestling stuff? <laughs> I would like to give a shout out for something that neither of you will care about. Oh, no, stop it. Rath Gormick, GAA. Yeah, I'm saying it. Uh, First time in 20 years, Waterford um, football champions, men's football champions. So brilliant stuff. Senior football, obviously not minor. They're they're past that now. Gaelic? Yep, it's uh, Gaelic football. Not even hurling, which is really the county specialty. So uh, following on from the Brick Walsh news, there's a little bit more sort of very specifically Waterford based sport. Me and Jamesy and uh, and Sarah Farrell will be the only ones who really kind of appreciate that. Um, but yeah, they won first time in 20 years. It, it, it was, as my brother described it, a mad session in the village that night, is what he said. So there you go. Neither of you give a shite. On with the wrestling. Oh, you're done. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, is well, that, is that what I'm supposed to say? In rugby as well, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's over. It's yeah, not been a good week for JP. No. Does that mean I can't? Mate, the highlight of Irish sport for a week was a nil-nil draw at home with Georgia, which is ninety minutes. I'll never get back from that game. Does that Terrible. mean you're going to stop talking at me about rugby for a while now? And yeah. the listeners. Okay. That's going to die a death for 
good possibly a couple of years until something happens. So well, they'll, do, well that, they'll do that six nations again at some point. Yeah, but I will. It doesn't. It doesn't have the meaning of a World Cup. Well, you still always talk about that when it's happening. Yeah, but I'll talk about it with with Alan, who we work with, because he cares about rugby. You don't. You'll just accuse me of being a Tory again, just like Benno does. <laughs> I mean, it is yeah, the exactly. Tory of sport, most Tory sports. Got to be honest. Did you watch the hundred draft on the cricket last night? What the fuck franchise cricket? No, I'm not going to bother me. <laughs> Where have you got the time to do all of this? I was watching that with the boy last night. Yeah. See, this is why Good you didn't fun. finish Bound for Glory, JP. I get it now. Well, that was a very, very busy day at work. Very tired. Watched most of it. Are we launching straight into that as a review, are uh, we? Nah, I can wait till later. I was just sad you didn't I will leave it later on then. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't watch all of it. But you watched the end of it. So between us, we'll cover the card. It's all oh, good. Yeah. We're going to cover that. We're going to cover uh, NWA Power again. We all watch some AEW again. We all watch some AAA as well. But I don't know. I suppose from a, a news point of view, maybe a good starting point. We mentioned it before we came on air. The... Uh, the big news, lads, who's going to win the war? Is it going to be WWE Japan or is it going to be New Japan USA or is it New Japan of America? Is that what they called it? Something like that? Is that the idea? Fuck mm. me. What's a worse idea? WWE trying to crack into Japan or New Japan. Fair enough, breaking away from Ring of Honor, but trying to start a US presence with what sounds like just a load more house shows. Sounds equally as stupid as one another. Uh, I feel like Ring of Honor of, sorry, New Japan have really kind of jumped the shark with this. Not That's probably the wrong term, but jump before they should have with this move. Uh, I don't know what research they've done to make them think this is a good, viable move, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. It just feels like New Japan's going to be some sort of touring indie in the US now, mm. rather than a promotion that looks hot when it does big major shows in the in the US, if anything. So it feels like it's going to shift the image of New Japan ever so slightly. And I'm not sure if being a kind of semi-hot indie in the US is the best move forward for them especially with what you consider New Japan often likes to put on when they come over it. So if they come over and do another loop like they did recently on the Northeast with basically tag matches and Yoshihashi versus Kenta as the one singles match they did, those shows aren't going to sell out forever. That's going to mm. dry up pretty quickly. And also, if they're going to fly bits of the roster over for these tours, mm. they need to fucking rest. <laughs> like, they're going to be knackered. Mm. It seems like they're going to be expanding within that roster now. I've got it up on the web, the the new Japan 1972 website and they're saying that this is phase three of their plan which direct quote from them establish a company within the US being ingrained in the everyday fabric when it comes to fans wrestling consciousness. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean that, that would require a television presence as much as anything. So unless it was going to be on access and I don't think it will be given that access has got new ownership it's I don't see it necessarily succeed. The idea of, in theory, this is where all the LA Dojo guys go to basically work and improve, almost like a kind of, like uh, as a regular kind of tour and they're picking up talent that way and training through the Dojo with Shabbat. That sounds great in theory, but how are these shows going to sell? Because those kind of shows wouldn't have much business to it. So you'd mm. need to bring over some sort of, big stars and unless they're going to be really they'd have to expand the roster for this to work because you'd almost have to have like a crew of the japanese roster there because that's what the fans would want to see mixed in with dojo guys and then you're trying to rotate them around it makes 
their schedules, I think it's going to be very difficult to get together. You and know, if they have another v- visa issue, mm. then God knows what could happen to some yeah. of those shows. Yeah, it's one of them. It's like, if, like, say, two years ago, if you'd have said to me, and I had an EWR game very like this, what, mm. what, what would New Japan USA look like? Do you know what it'd look like? AEW. <laughs> like, that's basically... Yeah. Uh, you'd well, take, yeah. You'd take yeah. the crux of the elite guys, wouldn't you? And you'd fill around them with your free agents, like a Jericho or a Punk. I had Batista in my EWR game, but obviously that's never happening in uh, in real life, sadly. But, like, that's the time where... It, I, I get it. It's probably been, like, in the works for a long time. But it seems like such bad timing with, like, say, AEW launching. I'm glad that sounds like they're getting away from Ring of Honor but Ring of Honor there's never been so much product like on the US side that like I don't think I saw anyone who didn't just groan when they heard about this like oh really (laughs) really like I don't know saying that though I still give them a better chance than I do WWE Japan like that was hilarious reading the uh, the Observer this week that they apparently they tried stardom first and and I think they tried to uh, what what did they try to offer the uh, the head pedo at stardom Uh, Hall of Fame thing at (laughs) WWE Hall of Fame yeah he turned them down and then they tried to like who else were they going after Noah was it they got turned by down by them as well that was a while ago they got turned down by yeah, Noah yeah that was that, that was a story that I remember hearing about that at the time that that was it was around the time they let Kenta do um, that's that right Marifuji. yeah 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 the Marafuji match yeah. yeah but like I, th- I think like I've heard this like through dark Twitter that like I mean shock horror lads you won't believe it but you know the way Progress just started using Miko Satomura like a month ago turns out yep. she's a WWE employee can you believe it uh, Daisuke oh. Sakamoto as well he's a great lad but oh I was sad to hear that it sounds like they're trying to get in league with like the maybe not big Japan and Sendai girls exactly but those personnel to do something in that mm. group because plan A has gone wrong uh, Daisuke's got a new uh, WWE contract that's effectively one of the things saying he's facing Walter yeah, in big that. Japan yeah they're doing that tag mm. match yeah so yeah. one of the assumptions is is that he's coming in as effectively like he would be like almost like the male face. Whether or not he'd be doing training dojo stuff isn't clear. And one of the reasons, and I don't know if you guys have listened to it, but um, there was a good episode. It was Meltzer with Fumi Saito. Yeah, I listened to it on the weekend, and yeah. it was it was really good. Kind of sort of going through the entire stardom situation. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, one of the things they mentioned is that Bushi Road appeared to have like a clear strategy and plan, which involves already them getting a TV deal. As part of this, on on a on a much weaker, yeah, it's a, like sort of TV late TV show, isn't it? Like yeah. early hours of the morning TV. Show. It's not like I think the New Japan one is like it's like half two in the morning. It's half two in the morning. I think they have two shows. Don't they have one on like the cable services? Like yes, an hour or two hours, and they've got one on like one of the bigger services. It's like half an hour in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's something, like, and they, and they're going to be doing that. So they had a plan in mind, but WWE apparently just didn't have a plan. It was mm. about we're going to buy Stardom, we'll put you in the Hall of Fame. Then we'll see what we do with you. Yeah. Which is kind of what happened with progress and ICW. Well, it's a mark deal. But mm. the thing is, I don't understand with these training schools. Yeah, you can employ Mako Satamora and Daisuke Sakamoto, and they're going to train them up in a completely different way. But then once they come over to the US, say if they've got any chance to get to the main roster, surely that madman at the top's going to see them and be like, they can't work. And then they're just going to have to, they get dumped or they're going to have to. I don't know, drop what makes them unique and rework all of that and all the rest of it. Oh, it's NXT and then UK. Not... Say it again. It's NXT UK, isn't it? Like, do you even have yeah. that consideration for most, like, aside from Pete Dunne and Tony Storm, like, 
no one else on that NXT UK roster is even going to... They might get the odd flight to America for WrestleMania weekends, but they're never appearing on a Vince-led show, are they? It's probably going to be the same for Japan. No. Tyler Bate. Yeah, I suppose it's him as well, yeah. But then again, him and Pete were kind of doing it before they got the NXT UK TV going, didn't they? Uh, but no, fair enough, yeah. I, I may be trying to the push. Walter, possibly. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, there is him. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's more successful. There you go. NXT UK was worth it. There's some success stories, Joe. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about all those lads in, in mid card with with uh, with beards and long hair? All of those poor lads in the uh, oh, in the last. Get me mastiff on Raw. <laughs> mastiff bit of gallus on Raw. Uh, you know what a show that'll be. Uh, could other other Japanese wrestlers who fill that prototype? Because uh, that'd be hilarious if they filled NXT Japan. With a whole load of uh, Gallus-looking uh, Japanese wrestlers. I'm trying to think of any who'd necessarily fit into. Funny enough, Great O'Khan's look probably. Oh, fits. oh no, he's gone. No, no, he's he's the number one in Rev Pro. He, well, <laughs> I tell you who they would have loved, but he's still dicking about doing the weird bodybuilding stuff. But Kitamura. Mm. Oh, get him in! Yeah. Like he is pure. Like if Vince saw him and realised he has just even a kind of basic semblance of how to work, then yeah. He would absolutely lose his fucking mind. I'd like mm. Vince to see a bit of something like Masashi Takeda or something. That'll freak him out, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Juden Kasai or someone like that. That would be. One of these deathmatch workers. Yeah. yeah. Which brings of, back to the wrestler series, isn't it? Of course. <laughs> Speaking of NXT UK, to be honest, as far as uh, links there, uh, have you both bought your uh, your Progress season tickets? Oh, sorry, not season tickets. Uh, club membership chat. Have you got them sorted? Done. What's that? <laughs> yeah, that's the day that uh, they're not doing season tickets next year, Joe. And there's no conspiracy reason why. John Bradley's outright said that all it is is that they want to. They don't want people outlaying loads of money at the start of the year. You know, unlike oh, what people do for really Fight Club Pro, OTT, Eve. How many different British promotions? I saw a big list on the um, Love the Graps Facebook page of all the different promotions that offer season tickets. But no, 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 Progress Progress are being good to the fans and they're offering a... It's a membership, Joe. You can join uh, Club Progress and you can pay... Yeah, it's sixty six pounds, and you will get. And this is the one of the, this is one of the cheaper options, Joe. You get guaranteed uh, first dibs at standing tickets at progress shows. You know those standing tickets that sell out uh, every what month. An awful, <laughs> awful, awful, awful. <laughs> it gets better. It gets better. How much is there a discount on tickets if you bought one of these memberships? Yeah, there is. A, I believe it's a ten percent discount that you actually get other tickets. Uh, you actually, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Ninety nine pounds a year platinum membership that gets you uh, first dibs on the front row seats at the Electric Ballroom, Alex Palace. Fuck this I hope people don't uh, if, if you buy this you're an idiot well this is the so thing like, like I'm split between like if you buy this you're an idiot and you know what progress might be genius people will pay people will pay 66 pounds mm. a year to be at the front of the queue Aye. to get a standing ticket at the electric ballroom you know the electric like, ballroom that hasn't sold out in fucking lord knows how long oh it's 20% discount on merch I apologise they've been telling people that on twitter all day Ah, oh, get it. Corporate greed. That's what this is. You <laughs> well, can tell they've been hanging around with all of them, you know, WWE types for too long, thinking about, I don't know, new revenue streams. And, uh, you know, work, remember when we found that website and we looked at Progress's profit in 2017 and 18. Mm. Oh, yeah. Fuck me, do they make a profit? Mm. And, yeah, if this is, uh, I think that's quite a disgusting move, to be honest with you. Company I think house. it's quite a vile move. Um, that's a way to just dupe people in many ways. 
And there's no certainty about why they're doing this. Are they going to close? Well, Do they not know what their future's going to be? No so big September show. Around that. No big Say September. Again. They put the schedule on the email as well. No big September show. Nothing announced. The and- We'll ask them on Twitter outright if they were doing what. And they said, they're not sure right now. They'll see as the year goes on. But remember, everyone, Brit Res isn't dying. Well, Brit Res is dying, well, but those who are still going along and pretending it's not dying are just going to have to spend more money on the privilege of going to these lukewarm shows, basically. <laughs> no, but you get a 10% discount on merch. You get, I think you get a goodie bag as well, Joe. Uh, worth £30, a member-exclusive pin and shirt. And membership, so I'm mem- going to get membership card? 10% off the privilege of talking to, I don't know, Eddie Dennis at the merch table <laughs> and getting back-slapped as my ego is through Spine the roof. Trevang. That's the beauty of oh. it. Oh, the North, because they can't even announce the Northern dates because they don't know when they're going to be running up north. There's a £44 world membership, for, which is for the non-London people. And literally all you get <laughs> is, is your, goodie, your goodie bag, your 10% on merch, and potentially early ticket access to shows that definitely aren't going to sell out, but you're not guaranteed the Wait, ticket. Like, who's pay- I, if you know someone like, who's paying £44 for this, like have a word with them, check they're okay, make look after your friends, people because if you know someone who's throwing their money like this is progress like fucking hell especially <laughs> tell them point. to boycott it like <laughs> screw that i'm like i remember I, I love a bit of danny baker and i know that on um radio five what, oh, what was it he encouraged people to do it again once and he got in loads of trouble for it oh fuck i can't think what it was i think it was something to do with referees oh that was it like ringing up referees and having a go at them or something wasn't it <laughs> it was something pretty bad hmm. but boycott this if i can have any sway on anyone and i have little sway and influence on anyone and if i do poor you as well but boycott this because this is just what a stupid move that is i haven't been able to process the details because you've only just told me about it benno but just at face value this sounds like such a cynical uh, company driven move this isn't in the interest of the fans this is in the interest of the company and they've spun it in the same way that party that they follow after in the Tories like to spin all sorts of bullshit <laughs> to make the public believe all sorts of bullshit. I saw George Osborne in some documentary the other day trying to claim that the Cameron government was a progressive government. This is what progress are trying to do. Yeah, all right, they progressed a couple of things at the beginning. Yeah, all right, they legalised gay marriage. Was that Cameron Osborne government progressive? No. The only people they thought about was their voter base. They didn't think about poor people. They basically smeared immigrants whenever they got an opportunity to. They claimed that poor people were work shy and benefit scroungers and just completely exploited them to appeal to their voter base and solidify their voter base. And yeah, worse in 2015. And progress are going down that same style route, if you ask me. And just thinking about this hardcore element they're trying to appeal to, getting as much money out of them while they can and claiming that the Brit Ress's dead tag is a joke that's said by people like us who may give them criticism at times. Progress, snowflake generation of a wrestling company. And your mate Matt Richards is stepping into that, Ben. I know, I know, I know. That's going to be awkward and hopefully... I mean, he, his name was at the bottom of this email as well. It's not a uh, Jim, Jim, John, and Glenn anymore. It's John, Glenn, and Matt. Uh, this new era of progress not uh, not getting off to the best start. Uh, I would definitely say. And yeah, I just, I just think yeah, if you're if you're willing to spend that money, just have a have a wait with yourself. Come on, you'll be able you, you'll be able to get a ticket. It's if this was progress, the hot ticket four years ago, I could kind of see it, but it's fucking not. 
And yeah, mm. again, from a business point of view, they're gonna make that money, but yeah, morally, it's uh, it's very dubious. I think they've even they've started to back down on pro on uh, on Twitter of uh, whether they they're gonna look into the uh, that Northern Worldwide one and see whether it's actually if if maybe they said we're gonna see if we can improve it. If not, we might pull it. It's just like yeah, no, a, Northern Worldwide. We really care about our fans. <laughs> yeah. Those poor suffering Northern fans. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna further our uh, anti-progress uh, narrative we've got to we've got to got to dash in some pro rev pro stuff did you see tonight they announced the pack an amazing red tell you what if you're going uh, oh yes I'm, I'm buying my tickets now so if, you, if anyone it. was in doubt about progress versus rev pro i don't Why i don't do mean to, to be the rev pro. oh go on uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, sorry. <laughs> i thought you got free paid access joe yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm considering that one definitely. I was already considering it. Um, I was considering getting the tr- the last train back. I don't 100% trust Rev Pro to finish on time. It's a Sunday show, but I don't know. You guys have kind of put me at ease a bit on that. I think I'll be all right getting the last train from Houston. Twenty past nine. Amazing Red. When are you going to see him again? I know against Pack. Like that's the best possible match they could have put on that J Book card. To be fair, they're going. They're running head to head with Progress, so it's going to be an interesting day. That's the that's the match. That's the marquee match you want to put in that tournament. AW versus New Japan as well. Say again. AW versus New Japan as well, depending on whether Pac's really signed or not, and whether Red is or not. AEW versus Ring of Honor. Yeah, proper Ring of Honor. Oh, t- <laughs> proper Ring of Honor. That's what I'm saying. Oh, did you hear Dan Maps coming back tomorrow? He's having a match with the PCO on like their next show. Speaking of dream <laughs> matches, Joe, come on. The return we've always been after is Dan Maps. <laughs> it's, it's the Hit Squad versus Villain Enterprises. It's big that. Yeah, yeah, but literally big that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> probably the best match of the two, though. Yeah, absolutely. I, if he was on the tour over, you wouldn't be interested in kind of oh, the amount of tickets that's sold. How many is that sold it's at like the moment? None. Do you see? Not see the York Hall seating chart. Oh, it's it's what, very recent? suspicious. Like. The, but um, Brit Res away days. Ben was was tracking it on on Twitter. I've been meaning to say this, and I think at first he kept saying there was only a hundred tickets sold, only a hundred tickets sold for like the likes of Bolton. And now it looks like there's like four hundred odd tickets sold, but mm. it's very coincidentally all of the cheap seats at the back. And I'm convinced that they've just took those tickets off sale so that they can one gouge the people who are coming, and two not look so fucking bad. I'm not going. By the way, I've given up on that dream. You're not for that. It was. It would have been like a thirty quid ticket. Thirty quid minimum plus, plus booking fees plus twenty pound train plus potentially staying over. I'm not doing that for Matt Taven. Sorry, Matt. Bollocks to that. No. <laughs> exactly. Sorry to both yeah, of us. Well, I mean, the the way. I mean, we've said it at the time, and you know, we weren't alone in this, obviously. But it's in quite incredible the damage that that MSG show did. Killed the New Japan like, relationship, hasn't it? It's quite clear New Japan are getting a million miles away from them now. Do you know how relieved I am after after having to suffer through that? <laughs> yeah, you were there. And sitting next to that bloke, the um, only hardcore Ring of Honor <laughs> fan left in the entire world, and he ended up sitting next to me. And now to see him kind of just dying off after just abusing that show and making some of the worst, most short-sighted, out-of-touch booking decisions I've seen in the show ever... I don't know. I don't like to see someone go out of business, but Ring of Honor's had its day and they've abused what Ring of Honor kind of is and was and its mm. legacy. And 
yeah, I kind of hope it just goes away yeah. at this point because what purpose does it serve the, now? The, the modern day TNA, aren't they? Remember all those punchlines you used to always have about TNA? It's now Ring of Honor. Like, we're going to talk about TNA's pay-per-view later. <laughs> like, okay, we, we, we may, might have talked about Ring of Honor the odd time, but if anything, at this point, I feel like Impact's more relevant than ROH. Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, there's certainly things going on of some degree of interest. But it's LOL, TNA. ROH. It's also the same not ML, MLW mm. and NWA. I mm. mean, the, the, all of these, it's the way that Ring of Honor almost feels like if you're ranking promotions in terms of heat and the tickets being sold, it's like it's, it feels like it's certainly like about fourth mm. at this point in time, at best, possibly an argument for fifth. Like NWA power would obviously not, it wouldn't be that. No. But, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's it's quite incredible. Mm. It's like even the, I mean, the pay-per-views have just sunken. And there are, you know, there are people we like, like Jonathan Gresham, who you just think, all right, well, do him, would you rather him than, say, Matt Taven? Mm. Anyone rather than, than sort of a Matt Taven figure? Roosh, how long realistically he's going to be there? He's going to be gone soon. That was the right move, though. I'm glad they did that. That's something, like. Oh, it was the right move. I just don't think he'll stay. See, they put that match up on their YouTube for three. Did they? What was that? The Roosh versus... Um, Matt Tain. Yeah, How many yeah. stars did you give it, Joe? I assume you watched See, it. See, if neither of you guys know that and I know that, that's kind of <laughs> kind of telling you a lot here, isn't it? I don't know. It really I came off my YouTube recommended. I didn't go the full five stars because I've not watched it and I won't be watching it. Oh, what a shame, Joe. Fine. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just trying to look at their uh, their latest ratings on Grapple to see like what's the actual interest in in Ring of Orange. What was their last show called? It was, it was a Glory by Honor. Shite. It was Glory by Shite Honor. Shite before Dishonor, probably, <laughs> yeah. or something like yeah. that. Ten ratings something for the like Battle Royal. The main event has 14 ratings. Marty Scale versus PCO. Apparently that happened. I had no idea. That was last week, apparently. 14 ratings. 3.39. You going to watch that one, Joe? Ah, Come on, mate. Roosh v. That's Silas just... Young. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what a situation. What if the offer is freebies for the show that weekend, Joe? No. Next weekend. <laughs> no. Fair Not enough. going. Fair when enough. is it? Next weekend it is. Bolton shows Sunday. I think you called uh, Saturday. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in Scotland. So, oh, you know. What a shame, I won't be Joe. here next week either. You're going to go to ICW? Sorry, sorry, sorry to break that on it. Come on. <laughs> Oh. That would be brilliant. As the kind of uh, co-lead of the Brit Wrestlers Dead movement, <laughs> along with uh, you two, like for me to get an ICW, which seems like the deadest of the dead at this point, and the most <laughs> out of touch of the out of touch. Nah, no, no. way. Oh. Speaking of Brit Wrestlers Dead, did you see about not, not even a Joker thing? Did you see about Breed? They've uh, after oh. a, you know they did their big Starcave show. Uh, unfortunately, I know it got rearranged because of allegedly local other local promoters ebw was it calling the council on them and them having to move that i think they lost a lot of money on that show they're doing a riptide yep. and they're uh they're gonna sit it out uh for at least a, a few months i think they were, they were only running what less than a year was it about like eight nine months I yeah less than a year they were doing a lot of shows there was like a lot of shows felt sort of coming along i think, mm. was, I think you know might be an 11 and eight months which for a, an independent company in its first year is a lot 
to, mm. to go through. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I think they'd admit themselves. They made mistakes, didn't they? I remember that first first little run where they like they run one show where it looked like it was like like the Liverpool Empire is where like there's a stage and the rings in it. And I remember looking at the pictures, going, mm, I'm "Not sure on that." Like that's that's not where I've run a wrestling event. And then they had, like, had another show in quite quick succession. I think they crammed a lot of shows into those first eight months and mm. kind of shows, yeah, that one. I don't think it's directly related to the whole Brit Rez's dead thing, but it kind of shows how tough it is, like, in this... Even with, like, all the good reviews, you know, the likes of Andy Ogden and uh, Martin Bushby and other people I know have been to their shows raving about Breed, uh, as we all raved about Riptide, Riptide as uh, another newbie the last couple of years. Again, yeah. similar to Riptide, they're, uh, they're having to take a break. Good that they're smart enough to do that, though, and, and then maybe, maybe rather than burn out and lose all their money, it sounds like they're just going to take a break and reassess and see how things are in a, in a few months, if not a, a year or so. I, th- I think that's the wise move all around. Mm. You know, you're not expecting perfection. It's to be the, it may be the first time a lot of them have actually done have been promoting so it makes sense if they can take time out they've got the experience of having these shows behind them about where they can run and where ways that they can manage their budget and know how to how to cover their costs if they're right you know and having that bit of time to be able to do and that bit of breathing space is there and it seems to me that you know it's obviously it's it's not large crowds necessarily but they've got goodwill amongst Mm. the fan base of their of people that when they do run again that they'll have people come along and watch the show and they'll probably be better for it. Mm. And they'll probably be a bit more kind, you know, they'll, they'll be able to kind of think about, I don't know how they're promoting the shows, just a bit more kind of clarity and, and not having to have the pressure of, we've got the show coming up. And so they're not lost in the day to day. And they're, they're, you know, kind of open enough to say, look, this is the reason why we're doing it. And it makes sense. You don't want to see anyone completely, you know, go bankrupt over mm. it so it makes it, it's it's the only sensible decision if you're running on a relatively limited budget and things aren't being profitable at the moment mm, definitely i mean from sad news to uh positive news uh, i think it's positive anyway uh did you see wb shit the bed on the smackdown ratings last week oh not, uh, i did i'm not a man for schadenfreude actually i am but i laughed heartily when i saw that rating come in 2.44 million yeah. it's almost as if it's the same fucking show, despite the fact it's on network TV now. It's the same fucking show, and it's terrible. And I half reviewed that uh, that draft show last week, and I couldn't even finish it. I didn't even watch this week's show, like I saw Rovert say about it, and I was thinking the same thing on Friday night. I had uh, a quiet night in, and I was scrolling on my phone on Twitter at like half one, and the thought kind of just popped in my brain, and I was like... Oh, fuck, isn't SmackDown on? And then I looked on Twitter and I could barely even see anybody tweeting about it. Like, that's how bad the show feels and how uninterested the show feels like it is right now. That's fucking, mm. like, 2.4 million. Like, you know, AEW were doing 1.4 the other week. I know they're down to a million and we'll talk about AEW in a minute. But mm. Jesus Christ, like, that is just a sign of, like, just... It's just a sign of the times and like no matter what you do, you know, you can put bells and whistles on it and you can pretend that we're going to have a new boom period. You can bring The Rock in for a one-off. You can bring Hogan and Flair in for one-offs. But at the end of the day, like I honestly feel like this is a, I think this is notable because it ties into like the first review we're going to do about AEW. It really ties into like, I think one, you know, obviously WB viewership's been declining for years, but I really think that being an alternative out there on a Wednesday is kind of waking people up who just automatically throw SmackDown and Raw on every week. It's like, you know what? It does, AW's got its faults, 
But wrestling TV wrestling doesn't have to be like this. I actually don't have to watch SmackDown. I don't have to watch Raw. It's a place that we fell into, what, a year ago at least? Years, probably more than that, you know, oh, over the mate, last few years. way. <laughs> Well, three four years ago even, even a year Orange ago i was Matt. still watching the youtube highlights though like i was still doing that i don't even do that now ah uh, that's i wouldn't class that as watching it still you're watching the occasional clip. I'll, I'll watch a clip if i hear that austin's on or i hear that something's like so bad that you've kind of got to see it mm. and that's not often like that uh, roman reigns having that thing shoved on top yeah, of it oh, that was great that, that was that was comedy yeah. gold whatever happened with that it sort of seemed to go nowhere and then that Eric Rowan lookalike bloke, that went nowhere as well, didn't it? Ro- Rowan and Harper re-team, Joe, that, you know, that tag team that have been around for yeah. seven years, apparently. I found that out the seven other day years. and it just shocked me. Is that long, is it? <laughs> seven years. It just years. Tells, you, tells you the the kind of staleness and the stasis the pro- product is in. It's it does. Longest run of the Steiner brothers. <laughs> That's it. On and off, but still, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. But yeah, any surprise that it did that? The Gordian Williams have a run as long as that. No? Jesus Christ. Like to like, what year did they break out? Like 97 in WCW? Oh my God, yeah. It would have been 96, yeah. 97. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, uh, bloody hell. Doing Jeez. well for himself there. <laughs> Steiner run. Very much saying the Bludgeon Brothers, aren't they? Legendary. The Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, sorry. Do you remember when we had to watch that match in Germany? Where the Bludgeon Brothers laid out everyone and destroyed them to get. Oh, them. the New Day. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Usos. Usos yeah. Oh, it sounds about right. Those monsters. Yeah. That um, beatdown seemed to last like a good ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it was a post carrot viewing, wasn't it? When, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a. When we were getting in the fast lane to WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now Luke Harper can't even get drafted. That's where we are. That's how much that matters. Well, I poor bloke. Um, he's having to work with a psychopath as his boss, isn't he? And you know, sure. I've never quite worked for a psychopath, but I've worked for some bad bosses in my time. So I've never worked for a boss as bad as Vince McMahon, though. So well, my sympathies go out to anyone who works for that cunt. So <laughs> next <laughs> next week they're on FS1 yeah. because of. I think, is it World Series? Baseball preemption. Yeah, AW and yeah, NXT base- are going to be fucked as well. Like, it sounds bad. They will. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be a heavy week for it. Um, and as with a lot of these things, it, it takes a few weeks for it to find its level. It just seems to me that AEW finding at a level of around a million, considering mm-hmm. that TNT were expecting somewhere around half a million, and it's got a relatively healthy younger demographic that they're, that they're gaining as well. That seems okay. I mean, there'll be points I can see the number dropping down to 700, 800,000. Mm. I think there comes a point where you kind of hit hit the kind of, this is the base, and then you're trying to build up from there. And it can take a bit of time, especially if it's week-to-week programming, not like a kind of a series of like eight episodes where it, it's a bit more pressing if the collapse is like that. It's just the sheer level of money that Fox have spent on SmackDown mm. and that and that other program that they're going to have on FS1, that there's going to come a point of, what the hell have we bought? You know what? It's a, I don't care for either of them. It's a meeting of two absolute, uh, <laughs> like, awful worlds and awful people. Rupert Murdoch and Vince McMahon yeah. going into business together. Fuck them both. <laughs> it's, Fair. Well, I think this deal is... Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not say the same thing I say every week. I've been expecting it to fall apart. And it's these kind of numbers and knowing that they'll be panicking, but the way they won't have any solution because their solutions are what bring back older stars. I don't know, something with Vince and, uh, and to, a draft. Do you, 
That is it. That's all their fucking ideas gone. Do you know they need to get WWE talent, particularly Vince, Fox News, a bit of cross-promotion. Oh, they've done some of that. They've done some of those uh, morning shows. I think I saw Becky Lynch on one. You know, oh, Fox and on Friends, Fox the Trump lunch. Fo- yeah. Fox and Friends. Yeah. I-, I would love to see Vince on Fox News, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> wouldn't it be... Like, it would be awful, but it would be fascinating. But him you know, and, like, Hannity. Yeah, you know like when Trump used to be on Fox News before oh, he was yeah. president all the time? Yeah. It would just be uh, just usual Trumpian twat. He'd just ring up. Yeah. And they'd just yeah, put yeah, him yeah, on yeah. for, like, an hour at a time. Get Vince on. It would be fascinating. It would. I don't know if it would affect the rating. It might actually lead to increases in the rating. That's the worrying thing. (laughs) I'd want to listen to Vince's political views. I don't think, yeah. Wouldn't you? His views are going to be awful because he doesn't live in the real world. Imagine if Me Too came up. (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be him done for then, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This could be great. Yeah, if it's yeah. him stitching himself up, then Make I'm actually happen. game for it. <laughs> Vincent Judge Janine Pirro. Oh, God. Do you, do you think there's real-life opinions around it, like his real his wrestling opinions, like where he doesn't respect anyone who, like you said, who's not a big alpha male? He doesn't like yeah. short wrestlers like Shorty I, Gable. Maybe he doesn't like Fox short News. people. It's full people, of- who, people who happen to be married to uh, attractive blonde women in the company, and it just so happens he views almost all of their husbands in some way as like, hmm, how can I humiliate? humiliate them because you shouldn't be married to this person. Fox <laughs> News is full of big, glowing alpha males who like to posture around. Yeah, isn't it? Vince is just shot. one of them. Mm, He's one yeah. of that sort of generation of, you know, Republicans and sort of hard right wingers. Yeah, he's just a cunt. And this is and this is the other thing as 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 well with this, is that while he remains, like I mean, the the problems don't go anywhere. Mm. They're embedded. It's what is the crisis level for this? Because they've lost one point over one and a half million down from four million, so it's like a over a third. What forty percent of the audience has gone? And you might say again, AEW's audience, NXT audience have gone down. But you just factor in what Fox are paying for it and what the expectations are, and what was it? It was like losing out in in even the older demo to uh, you know. Tom Selleck on Blue Bloods mm. and a rerun of Magnum P.I. I think mm. they had up on there. Not rerun, a remake. Oh, yeah, and yeah, these are new I was waiting I for know, years for a, for a Magnum P.I. movie. I was a big Magnum P.I. fan and they kept threatening oh, yeah. to bring Tom Selleck back for the film and he just got too old and they did that cheap remake. But I'm glad to hear that it's doing better than, uh, than SmackDown. Exactly. Don't fuck with Selleck. He's all right. Look, <laughs> good on the people of America for not wasting their time on a Friday night by watching that shite. That's yeah, all I'll yeah. say. There are better things to do. What did you do on Friday night? I... Big smile on your face. Yeah. Oh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty boy. He, he was, no comment. You were, you were John Porn Hulahan. No, I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's no, the title I, for the show, sorted. Jump no, it out. is not the title of the show. <laughs> You're going to have to think of a better one now, JP. You've got another hour, no. so hour and a half to think of one. <laughs> G- Gazza and Snoop. Why can't we do that? Ah, uh, come on. John Port Hula. No, we're sorry. not having that. No, I'll take that as a personal insult. Amazing. And that wasn't what I was doing on Friday night. Take it as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Ogden likes this. Um, no, <laughs> don't. Anywho. I was going to ask what you were doing Friday night, Ben, but there's no point because it's not going to trump that, is it? <laughs> it's not. It's not. I had a quiet night in, and, and then Saturday was my beer day. I can't trump a, a John Bourne Hulahan. How about you, John? Wow. 
Fuck off the pair of you. <laughs> it's your fault. You couldn't think of an excuse quick enough. I, I couldn't think of an excuse quick enough. All I did is make eye contact with you, and that was the fucking criminal offence. And went so. quiet, and it gave this, away everything. This is why we need a video version, everyone. We need to uh, no. get that get that funded. We'll crowdfund that, JP. Sort your away. Absolutely. <laughs> Just a couple of blokes sat in their boxes. <laughs> That's a visual. Uh, I've sure <laughs> We are actually dressed, I might add. <laughs> okay, I need to know now. Where, where are you? This is fallen off the road. I haven't even reviewed anything yet. It's <laughs> fallen off the rails already. Absolute shit show, this. What happened <laughs> to those episodes where we spoke about, you know, Josh Bodum and got all that critical uh, yeah. feedback based on what a great analytical podcast we were. That's, that's, that's gone to death, hasn't it? came crashing <laughs> down to earth and became the Daily Star of Podcast once again. It's what we do, Joe. That's, that's what's happened. The <laughs> Daily Star of Podcast, man. That's the real title. Uh, Joe, to bring us back on topic, should we talk some yes. AEW? We were going to review it anyway. Might as well. Uh, I suppose it ties into the rating talk as well. Them uh, doing their... their what, basically the exact same rating as last week. Or was it 1.014? Uh, I think it was the uh, yeah. the final rating. Obviously taking away the... Uh, was it 100,000? True TV last week. Definitely a little minor drop. A little bit cautious for me. I think I saw Voices of Wrestling say, you know, it's it's not unlikely that very soon we're going to see them probably drop just below a million. I think we're probably going to see that. So it's maybe a little bit of yep. the, the shine wearing off. But I don't know what you think of that. What did you think of the third show? I thought it was the weakest show of the three. I genuinely haven't talked to, to you both about it. I've got plenty to... Uh, that I didn't love on the show, but some that I did love as well. I, I really enjoyed the main event. Uh, I think all in all, it was still a million miles better than uh, than what WWE is presenting on TV right now. But I do think there's there's some minor problems there, and maybe yeah, maybe the uh, the slightly sliding ratings is uh, is something to be concerned about. I, I'm not concerned about the rating too much. I think it was always going to have a fall off. Um, I think that was kind of natural, if anything, because there's mm. going to be curiosity out there. True. I think it it. As much as it's only been on for three weeks, it feels like it's part of my sort of regular schedule already. I said this to Gareth. Like, Gareth tweeted Mm. something out about, like, how, you know, uh, how much he was looking forward to Dynamite. And, like, I was like, you know what? I was thinking this while watching Power last week after we finished the podcast. It's like, how fucking... Why is it so weird to be sat there and thinking, oh, I can't wait to watch this wrestling TV show? Like, it feels so foreign, doesn't it? To be like, oh, I've got to stay up tonight. I can't wait. There's uh, AWs on again. Like, it's been so long since that's happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this podcast can't, <laughs> can't sorry jp just saw a link on my computer that he just you know, he, he's giving me a john port hula hand style look so <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry maybe edit that <laughs> it's say, sorry. i'm going the andy ogden route there's no editing oh, oh. fucking hell this is a mess um A-W. what was i gonna say yeah it, i was genuinely excited to see it as well it, uh, Unfortunately, we had a busy Thursday. Me and JP had to go to London for a trip. I did get his tour, so that was cool. Um, <laughs> but I ended up seeing it a bit later. I didn't feel as fresh watching it this week. I was in a convention centre in London all day that made me feel crap. Um, so I was watching it a bit more tired, maybe a bit more headache even usual. So I'd say it's the episode that I enjoyed the least. I don't know if that was partly due to, I don't know, I was feeling at the time mm. as well. But it was still enjoyable. There were still good things about it. It still felt relatively fresh. Uh, there was lots to praise. But again, there are always going to be criticisms from this. Mm. I think they're going too wrestling heavy. I think they need to break the show up a little bit. It's I think much. they need to add more promo segments in, mm. more video packages. I think one of the best things about the show was that Cody video package. Yes. And I also really like the approach of that video package where Cody didn't actually talk. 
and it was just others talking about Cody and his credentials. Uh, I thought that was really good. I think they need more of that. I think, yeah. you know, Darby Allen. How could you not do that for Darby Allen? Yeah. How could yeah. you yeah. have this big Darby Allen focus match? They did a YouTube video. There's a video out there of Darby Allen, like going through his history. And as we saw on the wrestlers that we mentioned earlier, he's such an interesting bloke. He's got such an interesting backstory, you know, talking about being homeless and stuff. And like you say, Joe, they've just assumed people have watched the YouTube. They haven't, again, like the Moxley promos, haven't put it on the show. Yeah, give him a promo before the match, establish him earlier in the show so people know who he is, people know what he's challenging for, what this means to him. Uh, but people can understand his personality a little bit more. Show maybe the Cody clip of him getting the draw, possibly. Mm. Just something to get him over that a little bit more. I thought the match was good. I thought he got some good hope spots in there as well. I thought Jericho was very good in the match. He gave him a lot. I love the stuff of his hands tied behind his back. Yeah. That's the stuff to take from the match that people are going to remember. But I think you could have established in that little bit extra, just of a little video package or a little promo, like really mm. simple minute, two minute type promo or package, if anything. Yeah, definitely. And it's easy enough to do. I know Meltzer said, I think it was on his radio show, that apparently those kind of videos, those introductory packages type stuff, it does like the rating dips when they're on air. And I think that maybe, you know, they got Mickey Garner working for them and they're obviously paying very close attention to those kind of stats. That might explain why it's so match, 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 match. But I think the layout of the show really could do it. Even if you do lose people for a few minutes, they'll come back for the matches, hopefully. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what you want, to know. Yeah, there's a much longer game in this. You're mm. trying to establish a show that's going to be on every week throughout the year. This, The idea, if you're overreacting to things like that at this stage... Because if by that rationale, then you need to put Rio in main events. Mm. Like by the logic of the kind of any of the other spikes on there, it's not a sensible move for that. Mm. And one of the things um, that they need to do is they kind of need to... It, the wrestling side of it, I'm not saying they've got it down, but there is very much a kind of sense of the kind of matches you're going to have. That Even though a lot of them are around that kind of three, three and a half stars for the most... for In a lot of cases, certainly for the main matches... They're generally very good and they feel very different from WWE match, which gives them the kind of freshness. Well, what's the so they've got a fresher kind of roster, fresher matches. The thing that they also beat them on are those kind of promos. So you just think, add those into the equation, and you've got something that's really solid. And it would also help in terms of maybe sort of make some of the narratives a bit clearer as well yeah, for some of the new who's, fans. Who's Kenny Omega other than a fucking nerd with well, a broom? Like, who is he? Like, what is he? Like, you know, you know I, they I, need to- I moan about Moxley a lot. Sorry, JP. I moan about Moxley a lot, not getting the chance to stand in the ring because of promo. We had the inset promo this week, which I still don't think was good enough. But my God, do you need someone to explain who Kenny Omega is to your point, JP? Yeah. Do you, do you know what they need to do? They need to get that Omega Man documentary and put it on TNT and push it a couple of times. I don't even think that'll work, if I'm honest. I don't think that I- gets across the absolute star power of him. New Japan footage. Yeah, there's the problem as well. That's yeah. part of it. Yeah, I, I, I think that Omega is... The real best bout machine stuff. Yeah. As much as I've enjoyed AEW so far, Omega has been botched so far. And I think he hasn't helped himself, and I think he's given in to his worst inhibitions. Mm. I think it's anything. on him. Yeah, I think it's him. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a, and you know, I think, We always think, go wrestlers. Wrestlers should get like could get more power behind the scenes. Sometimes it's not a, it's not a positive. Mm. Like Jim Cornette always says, not every wrestler should be yourself turned up to 10. That's Kenny Omega. Like, what I'll say is it's quite nice that he hasn't got a bit of power. He's not gone full alpha like Hogan. And he's, mm. you know, trying to prove he's slightly different. But 
it would have been nice for him to have presented himself as a bit more of a star. On the subject of Omega, do you mind if I bring up AEW Dark from last week? Mm, go ahead. Was that the uh, so, Janela match? Did you watch it? Yeah, skip through it. I couldn't be bothered. I, I don't. What t- an I, I absolute don't. pile of steaming <laughs> shite. Honestly, like a match that made little sense. Like it achieved nothing. Like this is a. I, I praised the Dark Show last week and said that I thought that this is a show that um, is a good platform. It's like a B show to update storylines, to experiment with different matches. Mm. And Ben, I remember you saying, yeah. But was, I don't know, Austin on heat? Yeah. No, he wasn't. And I thought to myself, okay, I can maybe see where they did this. I can't now. I watched the match and it was it was bad. Like, this is a promotion that's trying to establish yeah. itself, establish its wrestlers, and it's trying to progress wrestlers into different positions on the card when establishing them. And AEW have kind of done that of each match so far. People have mm. been kind of slotted in positions with each match and each match has felt genuinely kind of progressive in terms of what it's kind of setting up. Whereas this match existed in a bubble. It furthered absolutely nothing. Um, it felt like a match that might occur when a promotion is completely established. Like you throw this out there on a raw, um, or uh, you throw this out on an AEW nine months into his run when it's established, you have a fun match. Mm. It felt completely indulgent. It felt, really kind of underfought but also overfought with some of the spots that were in the ring it's not a style that someone like Omega who is trying to portray himself as a star should be doing he shouldn't be wrestling a 50-50 match with I like Joey Janela but with a kind of glorified indie guy who you could argue maybe doesn't even exist like I don't know shouldn't maybe be on TV and I know it's a YouTube show they've not put Janela on TV but that kind of solidifies the point I'm trying to make I think to some extent this didn't help his star power one bit mm. he gave into his stupid geeky in, like sort of instincts if anything and you know it made me think to myself why are you doing this like yep. yeah you're having fun doing it but at the same time like it felt to me like he should be I don't know off performing cosplay as the world of Warcraft cosplay in a forest in Kent with a load of other goons if this is what he's really into because he should be trying to present himself as a star and protected himself and he's doing far more damage to him and the viability of the promotion i think by presenting himself as this and giving into his worst inhibitions this was a terrible match that got completely overrated i don't know what people saw in it also the crowd were dead i had this crowd were going wild for it they're completely dead everyone i spoke to about this match who's taste in wrestling i trust hated it as much as I did. It was so Put bad. me off watching it. It yeah. was so, so bad. I can't think of a match I've disliked <laughs> this much in a long yeah. time. Yeah, it's like, like I I put the Darth on just because I'd finished watching Power and it, uh, as a couple of people said, it seems to auto-play AEW right after. Great little mm. tie-in. And I thought, you know what? It's funny talking about our conversation last week. I was like, oh, no, Joe was more positive on me than me. Maybe I should watch it. And then I remembered why I, I didn't want to watch it. Like, it opened with the Young Bucks booking Kenny in the match. I was like, I hate that. I hate that that's canon that they can do that. That put me off. And then, yeah, as soon as that Janela match started, I was like, yeah, I don't need to see this. And I don't need to see Kip Sabian matches. Like, you know what I love about AEW? I love 
that not everyone is on TV every week. I love that you can go a week and there's not a Young Bucks mm. match and they're fresh for next week. You know what kills that? Just throwing them on the YouTube show or like loads of these characters like a Joey Janela getting introduced on the YouTube show. And I know it's only the YouTube show, but I'd rather save that for TV. I just think it's a... I don't know. I just feel like it's a big waste of time, JP. But there are people out there who are, who are fans of it, and there are people out there who apparently really enjoyed this match. But I couldn't even stomach it, to be honest, Joe. It, it's non-canon house show shit, and I just ended up skipping through it and outright turning it off. It's content to further the brand. I yeah. get that it's about the That's brand it. having a presence on YouTube. I don't. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you though. I don't know whether the Bucks and the kind of star guys. I think Cody's on this week as well, isn't he? Mm. We got a big eight man tag. I think with is it Cody and Dustin again and the Bucks against uh, four wrestlers <laughs> who I can't yeah. remember. in a circle. Yeah, Seymour and you know, all them lot. Yeah. Yeah, would you put oh. would you put the Horseman on Power Pro mm. to have a match against exactly. I don't know or worldwide? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In an eight man yeah. tag, probably not. And I know that the world's different. I know the landscape's different. I know that their reputation has been made online, so maybe they saw it as a way of attracting more viewers to the product, to watch the TV product. I get that they're experimenting. I get that it's early days, but yeah, I think I'm kind of with you at this point, Benno. Mm, definitely. I mean, what did you make of the the, the TV show itself then uh, this week? Did you? They're still not. I, I mean, they're not supposed to have classic matches, but I, you said no. at the start of the show, you know, so at the start of our review, the Jericho a uh, Darby Allen. I thought it was. I think I'm with you. I think it was fine. I think I maybe expected a bit more out of it. I enjoyed it for what it was. I don't know, was it the best version of what it was for you, JP? Uh, or did you love it? Not necessarily. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I also had the expectation this is going to be, you know, a TV match. And mm. just, I was more in the sense of, I was wondering to myself, are they going to be able to get, you know, is Darby Allen getting over? And, and I think he is. He did did Jericho do, do his best to kind of help him get over? Absolutely. Mm. Um it did it did the job that it had to do mm. as that kind of a match. But I wouldn't necessarily say, if you didn't see it, I would say it's fine. It makes me kind of wonder what they're going to do with Darby Allen at the next pay-per-view because he should really be a, a featured part in that. And and I'm intrigued to see where it goes. But in terms of like an as a kind of establishment of Allen as much as anything else, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. There were some good spots. He did that in PWG, didn't he? Oh no, was it a PWG or Evolve? Evolve, the handcuff stuff. I think Evolve. he's done that there. That's always going to get over though, isn't it? And it was worth it for that. No, exactly. I'm, I'm not shitting on the match. It was fine. It was just, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe my expectations were too high, but I think that, yeah, that that Darby Allen comeback saved it for me. I didn't love the, uh, yeah. didn't love the finish. Jack Swagger, maybe, I don't know, I suppose Jericho is that much of a shit. He needs the interference, but I do see that, you know, considering Darby Allen was handcuffed up, I'm not mm. sure if he needed to go that far, but minor quibble. Overall, it was fine. Yeah, it was just, just trying. I, I just assumed it was them trying to get just more heel heat onto Jericho. Fair yeah, enough, yeah. Now, I do think if Darby Allen did get those video packages earlier in the night, though, mm. would have got him more over with the live crowd as People well. Would have bought him more. Yeah, yeah. would have been a bit more sympathy there, a bit more interest. Um, yeah. It was like I said earlier, it was a very good match for what it was as a TV main event, but mm. could have been more. And yeah, maybe I was expecting slightly more from it as well. Fair enough. I mean, I gave it three and a three point two five, I think, on Grapple. Um, but yeah, it, again, I went TV, three and a half. No, I think I went three and a half as well. I think that's fair enough. I mean, but it was kind of that kind of show. It was like a three star match show. Like again, yeah, you know what we talked about. At the I top, think that's but, fine though. I think that's TV. fine. That's kind of yeah. what I want. Yeah. Mm. So 
Enough it, to whet your appetite, and yeah. then actually pay per views where I'm, you should be getting the great stuff. And I've seen people take, oh, go on. Uh, go on, Ben. I was just gonna say I've seen people criticise the fact that this show is very tag heavy, and it was, and they could have broken it up with segments. But I don't even mind that. If you're gonna sit, they should be like they've got a big match coming up this week, haven't they? Is it Moxley Pack this week? Um, Twenty mm. minute draw that. Like, but now. I'd rather they avoided those types of matches, and I'm not bothered if you, if you get if there's a low. I don't want the tags to be wall to wall like they were on this show, but like tag matches are the, are the more throwaway thing you can do, and you can get away with those three star TV matches. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing I'd say for this as well is I had a flick through NXT over the weekend as well just to see what they did, and I got to say, even though the quality of wrestling on NXT is better and the guys are more polished. Everything on that NXT show feels so rehearsed and nothing on here feels overly rehearsed. Mm. And I find the matches in AEW feeling so much fresher Mm. and so much more organic. And even though I'm not giving them as high as star ratings, you sort of realise it's not about the star ratings. It's about Mm. the feeling. It's about the presentation. And it's about, I I, I like a star rating. (laughs) Of course, that's why I'm on the grapple spotlight. (laughs) Go vote on last week's Dynamite and Dark right now. <laughs> um, and NXT while you're at it, which I've just done. But, yeah, you realise that it's about how interesting uh, a promotion is in terms of what it's setting up, in terms of where it's going. I'm not watching this because I'm interested in seeing four-star matches every week. Hmm. NXT is kind of doing that or attempting to do that, but it's not overly interesting and it just feels a bit samey. And it doesn't feel organic. It feels like that is what their their goal is. Whereas it feels like if a four-star match happens in a, on an AEW show, like maybe that Young Bucks match last week, it feels organic. It feels like it's just happened. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're planning to go out there and get all the stars, you know what I mean, or mm-hmm. wrestle this great match. And that's kind of a refreshing approach because they're getting what TV wrestling needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. It's yeah. a TV show, ultimately. Mm. Um, it's just... In some ways, I think they need to remember that rather than it being kind of almost having a pay-per-view format yeah. of going from match to match and, and just sort of losing the fluff mm. of what WWE would do with, with theirs. And it's such a strength that they've kind of almost got that aesthetic for what they the seriousness of the promos and the way that they've done them, the way that they filmed them. Like, they're doing some good work with that. Mm. They just need to sort of include a bit more into of it into the Definitely. show. I'm doing- I think they have been a good job of getting guys over as well. Yeah. Mm. I'll say that. Oh, I yeah, thought, doing squash uh, matches, things like that. I think that works. Yeah, like good stuff for LAX. I thought it was a bit of a strange way to announce the Bucks match, having Jericho do it on the screen while <laughs> LAX were basically shouting over the promo. What was he that, shouting? I can't remember what it was. It was something like, we the best or kept, something like that. The yeah, best. just kept repeating the same thing, the didn't best. he? Yeah, <laughs> the best. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I felt like there was a bit of miscommunication there to some degree. But even someone like Scorpio Sky and the way they managed oh, yeah. to get him over on this show, like, yeah, the match wasn't anything special, but it was all about getting Scorpio Sky over as this kind of, like, charismatic, plucky underdog mm. who... And the stuff without his shoes? Yeah. That was organic. Imagine yeah. if he did that in a WWE ring. <laughs> He'd have his full gear on. He'd be out there, yeah. like, dressed with his wrist tape on already, wouldn't he? And if he throws a trainer in the crowd, he's going to be getting in trouble, isn't he? Because that wasn't, <laughs> wasn't in the script. He's gone off script. But getting him over as a plucky baby face, I thought they did a really good job of doing it, if anything. Mm. He got more over 
because that trainer spot was more memorable as well. It's a shame the mm. end was slightly botched. But in terms yeah. of, just, you know, Daniels and Kazarian are kind of established, especially if you've got TNA fans watching this. People know they are. Scorpio Sky, who's he? I, for years, didn't think Scorpio Sky was very good. Completely mm. changed my mind on him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's the most pro- like I first time I saw him that PWG show in England, like two thousand four, something like that, when he was doing the look at my abs thing. And uh, I think so, apart apart from the Kane and Daniel Bryan sketches on Raw that he got a uh, binned off from for being homophobic, like I, I can't remember the last time I thought about Scorpio Sky. Um, and yeah, this was he felt like the biggest babyface in the world, didn't he? And like the the setup for this, I thought it was the the stretcher job stuff was a little bit hokey. But it was a nice way. And, and I, I wonder, you know, the quality control of doing this on the same show that you have a real-life uh, injury with the, the Jurassic Express getting uh, Luchasaurus yeah. replaced. That was a minor quibble. I think it, in the at the end, if this match was there to set up and get Scorpio Sky over, it had a bit of a botch finish, but it, it was a worthwhile endeavour, I thought. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I thought that was fine. I thought the... The Lucha Brothers Jurassic Express match was probably my favourite match in the show and I expected Jericho Darby Allen to be that. There's been a lot of convention online about the uh, about Marco Stump being small. I mean, I just don't care at this point, to be honest. No. Uh, I think you can maybe tell a better story with that. Maybe if the Lucha Brothers went over a bit quicker, you know, maybe if he was more of an underdog in the match. But I thought what we got was fine. I didn't think it was any insult to pro wrestling as uh, has been put by uh, certain rent amounts out there. Oh, Jesus. That's an insult to pro wrestling. Yeah. Have they seen Raw? Have you seen like wrestling is like I don't want I'm not gonna be one of them people who goes, Well, it's fake anyway. No, it should make sense within its story, but you can tell so many great stories with smaller wrestlers, as we've seen with yeah. Rey Mysterio over the years. And I'm not comparing Rey Mysterio to Marco Slunt to everyone before anyone kicks off. You- uh, he's not gonna hit that level ever. But you can tell those level of stories. And maybe they didn't tell that story perfectly here. But I thought he was great in his comeback. You know, the big head scissors he got. And he, he yeah. got, again, he was another success story of the show. I thought I thought he got over as the, the young underneath guy. If maybe he got a little bit too much offense in the match. Do, do you think in biblical times, people, when they were told the story of David versus Goliath, went, well, that's shit. I'd pretty <laughs> much be much better if, if David was at least fucking roided up to fuck with long, dark hair well, no going out there. Shit. You know, like he's bloody <laughs> Kerry, Kerry Von Eric. Yeah. You know, is that is that what people want? No, they love an underdog and the size stuff plays into it. I've got a vision of caveman JP there. Like, Come on, Dave. Have him, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> Clubbing people over the head. Uh, but- Sand your boxes. You're looking like a bit of a caveman right now. <laughs> I'm not in my boxes. What are you wearing, JP? Uh, tracky. Oh, basically, yeah. sexy trackies. It really Any, isn't. Anyway, <laughs> going back to the Marco stunt thing, I think one of the issues with it is, yeah, they've been put in a bad situation with uh, Luchasaurus getting picking up an injury. The logical way is to go with Marco stunt. Hmm. Problem with that is it completely changes the psychology of what the match is that they probably were going to wrestle hmm. in order to get Jurassic Express over as a tag team and especially that double act with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And I think ultimately they probably would have wanted to get those guys over before Marco Stunt and he may have come down the line. Whereas with someone that small in the ring and with attention being drawn to that immediately, you kind of have to rejig the match and base it around his size. Mm. Therefore, it felt like the focus was off a Jungle Boy and it was onto him. Yeah. And you almost have to acknowledge it because he is that much smaller mm. than everyone else in the ring. Mm. So it kind of moves the match away from what it was supposed to be. 
And I think a lot of people probably had a bit of an issue with that to some degree. I get it. And at first I was like, oh, this is not going to be what I thought it was going to be. Hmm. I would have had to go a little bit shorter and I would have given Marco slightly less hope spots. But ultimately, if you want to tell a story with Marco Stunt, it's something you probably would have told down the line. And you probably would have introduced him in a way that was based around his size because psychologically his story is ultimately going to be based around his size Mm -hmm. no matter what he's doing, especially at the beginning of his run. Well, you didn't really have a chance to establish him as a result of nothing to go in the last minute. Mm -hmm. So it probably has changed some kind of booking stuff around how they were going to get the team over, how they were going to get the team across, I think, to some extent. But what he did in the match and the spots that he got and how they built to them... I thought was absolutely great. Mm. And I thought this was a really fun match for what it was, if not a little bit long, if anything. And he hung in there as well. He looked good in there. I thought Phoenix and Pentagon maybe could have been a little bit more brutal at times as well, Mm. especially after they kind of got themselves over his heels by taking out Mm. Daniels at the beginning. I thought they maybe could have carried that brutal approach on here a little bit more. But as a match, it was perfectly fine. Um, I'm not sure how long Luchasaurus is out for. Do you guys know? No, they haven't. There, was, there was some story about it being six to eight months, and he replied to it and said that Ooh. was nonsense. He said that was nonsense because it is just a hamstring, isn't it? So I don't yeah. know. In football, how long you're out with a with a torn hamstring? What's like the the standard? Depends if you're Darren Anderson or not. <laughs> True. Or depends if you were playing for Arsenal between about 2006 and yeah. the, the end of the Wenger reign. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So hopefully he'll be back soon because if I, if he's not back soon, I would probably put. Marco Stunt and uh, Jungle Boy in the back burner for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe have him just doing the dark show and then establish him and try and get him over that little bit more once Luchasaurus is back. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Just maybe take Jungle Boy off the spotlight in, in general um, and let him come back with Luchasaurus. Uh, it's a tough one, really. And they were, I do think, yeah, they were in a corner as well. So, you know, I could kind of get that maybe scrambling as well. Maybe it was an ideal. But yeah, I think people are talking about Pentagon and Phoenix, like they're these giants. I mean, it's Pentagon and Phoenix. It's not the worst yeah. thing in the world that, that Marco stunts. You know, it was an ideal. Again, I would have had him sell more, like Joe said, and I would have him be more of an underdog. But yeah, I think the, a lot of the criticism was overblown. But yeah, I enjoyed that match. Uh, anything else from the, the show that, that you want to highlight match-wise or, or story-wise or talking point-wise? I would just say that the, the women's match was... was it was it was okay. I mean, I think I went two and a half stars on it. I mean, and it's very clear sort of how Green Brit Breaker is, which I, the reason well, is too much Brit Breaker. Enough, it, too much. She's on the show next week as well. She's on it too much, exactly. Mm. And there's also a thing that I think that she's she was training to be a dentist in between all of oh, this. Really? So is she's she? Got, I haven't heard what, that. Yeah, she? you wouldn't you wouldn't have guessed, would you? <laughs> Fuck me, do they never stop with that? Like honestly, it's making me resent her for all the hard work of becoming a dentist. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, but ultimately Sorry, she uh, yeah, yeah, but ultimately she's a um you know, uh, she's still somewhat green in the ring. Mm-hmm. What I would what I would say is um is that give it time. Yeah. It's it's the stuff you can even sense in this, as Joe said earlier on about, you know, you can see where they're kind of building to and progressing to. So it kind of made sense that she lost here in order that she's going to have to get better later on, which is what you hope that she does, mm-hmm. is yeah. that, she, that she starts to get better as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, this week I know it's, it's from a hometown, isn't it? It's Pittsburgh, so fair mm. enough, do that. But I'd take it off TV for a few weeks. Oh, Pittsburgh's point. usually an awful crowd as well. Mm. Isn't that where Bret Hart said he'd stick the enema if uh, he was going to do it? Was it Pittsburgh? 
Sure, it was. Oh, it was a Philadelphia. Shane Douglas country, isn't it? Is, is it? it? Yeah. yeah, he's from Pittsburgh. That's Angle as well. Oh, yeah. He is. Yeah. Can, we, can we say, I mean, it's a little transition away from AEW, but if you are going to watch, you mentioned about Kenny Omega earlier on. Probably, we were saying this between me and Joe, we've both managed to see it. Have you seen it yet? The match with Phoenix from Heroes Immortales? I haven't, but if you want to talk about it, go for it. Good work on your correspondency, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Back up on the AAA. There's the usual shit show on the undercard, <laughs> which I, I, I skipped through, saw it Spanish commentary a lot better. Hugo Savinovich <laughs> is, is there as well. But I would say um, watch Omega Phoenix. I would, you possibly argue that's the best match he's had since the match with Tanahashi at the Dome. Um, the, the sense that it was... And I, Joe didn't like it because of the crowd in some no, ways. I didn't dislike yeah. it. I thought that it was a very good match. Mm. And mm. I agree. It's probably the best Omega match since his match at a Dome. Mm. But if this match was in New Japan. Yes. Or if this match was in AEW, it probably would have been like a four and a half star match. It probably would have been a yeah. blow match. But the shit AAA crowd <sighs> and the awful AAA presentation just brought it down massively well, because it just felt like there was no tension in the building. I think the reason is a lot of these kind of shows, especially here at Heroes and Mortales, are basically sold shows that they'll get like a local state government to basically buy in AAA coming in. They'll fill up one of these arenas so it looks good for TV. Okay. But ultimately, it's it's not as many people who are kind of invested in necessarily the characters and the rest of it. Did not know this. Yeah, that's something That's something they've done for a while. And I think they tend to do it with these Heroes and Matala shows because they always seem to be outdoor shows. You really have been doing your comedy. <laughs> <It's> really, <laughs> you weren't expecting that, It's not just you? a gimmick, JP. Um, but yeah, they, they they were doing all the sort it's of like noise. It's PCW of uh, Latin America, possibly. <laughs> it somewhat is, isn't it? Um, but it was, uh, you know, you've got all the horns and all the rest of it as well. And it was kind of Omega, very much more like, I thought, cleaner New Japan, like he was when on. he was in the junior. He was on, he was up for it. Phoenix yeah. was up for it. Oh, well. Phoenix was absolutely, took some nuts bumps. He, he's clearly smashed his nose at one point. It might be one of the V triggers, but it kind of added to it with the blood dripping down under his mask. It got a lot better as it went on as yeah. well. And I think Omega grew in confidence. And I'm hoping this is him getting back in the saddle. Yeah. I'm hoping that he's had a bad run of form where he's not been in, he's been in and out of the team, maybe. It's a star man getting dropped. Uh. And now this is him getting back in the saddle and he's gearing up for the Moxley match. But Basically Carabao cupping it. Yeah. Really but, uh, my problem is, though, considering it's been based around a mop and a baseball bat, I do think <laughs> what this match is going to be, especially after that Janela match. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be... It is going to be that because Moxley loves a good brawl as well, doesn't he? Um, I love a good brawl, mate, but a brawl is not what John Moxley and Joey Janela was on that lights out match. Mm. That isn't a brawl. A brawl is what, I don't know, um, Lance Archer was kind of doing. Moxley and Ishii? During the G1. Yeah, Moxley Moxley and Ishii. There you go. Old school Japanese wrestling style brawls. That's what I want from a brawl. Mm. Even some Puerto Rican shit. And those brawls are (laughs) disgusting. Not gimmicky (laughs) brawls based around thumbtacks and mops and all the rest of it that's too gimmicky yeah. i don't yeah. like a gimmick match where they're like we have to fulfill the gimmick it's like no the mm. gimmick is there as a kind of facilitator for the match like go mm. with that if on, we can also add from this show if there's one other thing to watch on they the AAA show. on the triple a oh, show AAA. more than that match <laughs> uh i watched the only other thing i watched did jeff um, jarrett turn up or something no he didn't turn <laughs> up oh, 
No, but there was a Conan Vampiro brawl. Oh, my God. But the sound was off. Like, at one point in the beginning, Vampiro came out, took some wild bump while he was in the corner beating up on um, Conan. And then he, Conan did, like, a shit low blow. And he basically jumped, did a back bump into the ring where the other heels started beating him down. It wasn't very good. But there was... it. It's They had a thing like, it's basically a rumble for Antonio Pena, who they talk about as if he's the second coming of Christ throughout this show. It's bloody every, you like, you know, the way all those big shows, they bring out the urn and his sisters, there holding on to it. All that stuff is going on. And they had this rumble, which was for the <laughs> most part cack, but at the end, and you would have heard about it. Um, they had a Taurus and um, El Hijo de Vikingo, who are, there's a couple of luchadors who've kind of, a Taurus you might well have, seen at any point now does he ring a bell so yeah, either of you? yeah. what have i seen him on was it was it uh mlw or impact i've That's seen somewhere. yeah it might have been mlw well they had an exchange it's about five minutes it reminded me of old school reference 1990 uh survivor series when dibiase and bret hart after all the undertaker stuff has gone and he's gone back to the back beating up dusty roads it's like you've got these two wrestlers in there who have this really quite quick exchange it's just fucking awesome it's like that, just a bit wilder on the outside, takes a mad bumps for it. And it and it's like, Jesus, that was great. And clearly they're building up Vikingo as being um somebody for the future as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Phoenix very much comes across, I would say, as like in all of this. I've just got that thing for Phoenix. I do prefer him over Pentagon Jr. That if you think you know, there's always that idea of which which Mexican wrestler is gonna break out into the US. To a degree, Phoenix, I think, is as good a shout as anyone. Mm. Just given his ability and given the promo ability, Phoenix. He kind of has broken down the US, hasn't he? No, but like as that top level star. That top level star. Anyway, there. Triple A. Chucked a bit of that in. Well done, JP. Um, Exactly. Just quickly on the on AW before we move on, um, are you you both excited for the uh, the new radicals to uh, to come in, Randy Orton and uh, his mates? Who who else was the the tag of the post? It was it was like an Instagram post, the revival in front of a a photo that said uh, Elite Revival, uh, Elias. Uh, Riddick Moss oh. was it? <laughs> oh my god! I, I barely know who Riddick Moss I, is. I love, I love, I love 2019 social media around the Orton. I know he's crap. I know, well, he's not even crap. I know he's just bland. I know he's the rampage brown of uh, of SmackDown. But like, as far as like a real life dick personality, you're warming on him at all jokes. Like, he is well, and I want to see him nowhere near AEW. Oh no, me neither. But he's playing them against WWE, and he's just trying to get himself a better contract with WWE. Yeah, that's all he's yeah. doing, and I love it. I respect it. Got to respect the hustle. Let's well, they can't say so they haven't got any cash. So, frankly, I don't. Yeah, look, I don't want to see him em. sign the 2019 version of Lex Luger. <laughs> yeah, I think that's somewhat disrespectful to Lex Luger in my eyes. Orton's better in the ring than Lex Luger. Although I think that Ric Flair got and Brian Pillman got a good match mm. that Lex Luger. But it's like the grapple thing, isn't yeah. it? Like Orton might have better star rating matches than Lex Luger. But what would you enjoy more? You'd enjoy Lex Luger even if he shits the bed. Yeah, Lex Luger versus Brian Pillman any day. Those matches uh, are great. Although Orton did have a great match with Mick Foley fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the clip. I mean, to be honest with you, I hope he resigns with WWE because it means I don't have to watch him. Yes, that's completely. possibly the best situation all around. The, the he can say all this stuff and get the reaction out of them. Fuck it, why not? They're dumb about this shit. They'll chuck him another million a year. Hmm. Not think about it. 
the thought of him being a complete bore in AEW just gives me mm. nightmares. The Revival, get them in. I want that Young Bucks rivalry. Yeah. One shot with Cody, I'd take that. Just one off, Orton Cody. I wouldn't. No? Think of the no, build. I, I want to see him nowhere near it. Oh. It's He's not a, he's not cool as much as you like his social media. He's not fashionable, if you ask me. Oh. His style's never been interesting. Yeah, he can do all the basics well, well done. It feels like damning with faint praise when you hear that. He does the basics well. Yeah, he's a, he's a pro. pro well, how pro. long has he been fucking doing it for? <laughs> That's kind of the least you would expect. Yeah. Nowhere near AEW. Like Cody and him, yeah, I'm sure it would be good. Big moment and all the rest of it. And a Cody would make it work on an emotional level in some way, I'm sure. But it's still getting Randy Orton there, and it's just yeah. not something I care or have any interest in seeing. Because it, let's be honest, he's so intrinsically sort of like bedded to WWE. Mm. Think about all the twattish things he's done that he hasn't got fired for over the years as well <laughs> as the rest of it. He's great. What a bloke. Shit in a handbag. Yeah, nah, but, you know, he did some horrible stuff back in the day that he didn't That's get true. brought That's up true. on. Yeah. Like shitting in bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just think, stay there. You're not you're not wanted or needed anywhere else. Just, just stay put. Yeah, I think AWS thing is... Having joined Ring of Honor. He'd fit him so perfectly. Having Ring of Honor. That'd be ideal. There you go. But Bully Ray... Bully Ray... Bully Ray put the belt on him and it'd be endless feuds with Bully Ray and Matt Taven. There you go. And you wouldn't have to watch it, Joe. Perfect. Uh, Just let him carry on being like the Frank Ribery of uh, wrestling. You know, (laughs) Bayern Munich for a long, long, long time. Never left. Always rumoured to go to other clubs. I preferred watching Frank Ribery to Randy Orton. It's a Fiorentina now, Ribery. Is he? Yeah. I didn't even know He that. left, yeah. He left, he went to I know he left. I thought he'd retired. Robin. So maybe him going away. Hold on, did Robin retire? I think Robin retired. Okay. Yeah. I liked Robin Ribery. more than... Uh... So is AEW like Fiorentina then? Uh, no. No. Don't want to think about it. Okay. No. Uh, anyway, moving on to more business topics. Uh, <laughs> is um, any more, anything more on AEW or did either of you watch any of NXT? I've got to confess, I did not watch NXT uh, this week. I just I flicked couldn't through it just myself. to see what was going on and it was more of the same. Matt Riddle had a fun match with um, Jonah Rock or whatever mm. he's called now for like about four minutes and it was just like fun spots. Donovan Dijak and Keith Lee had another one of those matches that was wrestled around like an arm yeah, and Lee fucking agents. Jack's arm. Fucking that like, agents. Nah, this yeah. makes no sense. I mean, there was a Roderick struggle running at the end. It was like, okay. And then they're doing a triple threat match next week. Oh, my Peak. Christ. Oh, uh, the, <laughs> that, uh, Only Lorcan and Danny Burch, the cracking tag match against Marcel Barfell and... Um, Eichner. Eichner. That yeah. was very good. That was the best thing on the show, I thought. And then Pete Dunn had a very rehearsed match with Punishment Mar- Damien Priest or... Uh, what's his new nickname? The, um, oh, fuck. Archer. The Archer of... Infamy. The Archer <laughs> of Infamy. Yeah. Which Mora Ronaldo oh. said about 20 times. The Archer of Infamy. The Archer of... What the fuck is an Archer of Infamy? That is the worst of a nickname. Aus- Austrian Anomaly was bad. Like, Archer of Infamy. Is he known for archery? Like, does he go <laughs> firing arrows? Like, what's infamous about his archery? Did he cheat to win a, to win a medal in archery at the Olympics or something? <laughs> he could wrestle that. the Austrian anomaly. It'd be a good little feud, though. Well, he was facing God. the bruiser weight, which they also said over and over again, but it wasn't as annoying or as nonsensical as the Archer of Infamy. <laughs> but that match, completely rehearsed, 
Um, it felt like Pete Dunne had been in the PC the day before going, we'll just lay it out like this, mate, and I'll do these punches <laughs> at the end like this. I did a me Joe Coffee match, and it, it worked really well. It's a fundamental part of me matches when I'm wrestling on this level at this point. And I'm just wrestling the same formula, and I'm one of the best in the world. And they keep saying it, and I believe it. And You're I hold myself like it as well. But ultimately, I'm a bit insecure because I ain't that good. And I know that me defending the wrestling shite has gone up the wall at this point. And it was fine, but it was just so <laughs> unorganic compared to what you got in, say, like a Jericho Darby Allen match, which felt like it was a lot more kind of genuine, if anything. Mm. And yeah, recreated spots from a Joe Coffee match, basically, which was awful. But Punishment Martinez is much better than uh, Damien Priest, Archer of Infamy, is much better than Joe Coffee could ever wish to be. Oh, Joe, that Pete Dunne impression, you finished me. It really does. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Absolutely done me for that one. <laughs> well, it was funny, when you, when you say the Archer of Infamy, it reminds me, I'm always reminded of the thick of it with Peter Mannion and the, are you an American or an American? Yeah, yeah. And he just goes, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> I just want to ask that question. What uh, What are you, it'd just be great if Nigel turned and said, what the fuck are you on about? <laughs> Obviously, that would never happen. One that, oh, You'd like to think on AEW, there's a chance of Jim Ross saying that if Excalibur came out with some shite like that. See, I know I spent like five minutes on the show talking about the Wu-Tang Clan again, but I'm not more Ronaldo on a, like, a national TV show making references to like rappers that like only me and maybe a couple hundred people who are watching actually even know. Like He is so bad. Like Someone needs to get that much. He's got worse, hasn't he? He's, he is awful, more Ronaldo. Is there anyone who still likes him? He was doing my editing when I was watching this. When I, I, like, I was eating my lunch and I just kept hearing, Archer of Infamy, Archer of Infamy. I was like, what are you talking about? Oof. I was getting angry while I was biting into my scotch egg, honestly. <laughs> like, it was a good scotch egg as well. Oh, it was egg. one of them um, Tesco's finest ones that I got on no, reduce I'm... yesterday. Yeah, good, good, good Sunday evening bargain. And Maura Ronaldo was making every bite of that scotch egg more <laughs> painful. How do you feel about pickled eggs, Joe? Do you do good pickled eggs in the ship? Shite. No? Oh. What about chilli ones? No? No? Ah, uh, pickled. I'm not into pickled stuff. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. <laughs> Talking of food, have you seen on New Japan World the Will Ospreay video that they've uploaded? No. Oh. I'll, I think it might be the best video package I've seen this year. I think it might have been made exclusively for this podcast. Will Ospreay, back at his house with Sho and Yo when they were <laughs> at the Royal Quest. On a Sunday, Will Ospreay's mum cooking up a massive roast dinner for the lads. Oh, my God. Yeah, get to look around his house. Did you see Ospreay's garden? A couple of jacuzzis in that garden. Yeah. His dad comes across the kind of bloke, you were saying it, he's always got a building project on. He's always off down the builder's yard, picking yeah. up some materials. He's always got something going on in the house. He's never satisfied. It's, it's an absolute, I mean, I can even send the link. We could put it on the show description if anyone wants to see it. You should go out of your way to watch this. His mum's Yorkshire's. Jesus, she takes some pride in them, doesn't she? Absolute. F- I mean, she must have been cooking from like 6am for these lads. She cooks a roast beef and a roast chicken. And it looks yeah. horrible. Oh, come on, Joe. <laughs> he, he, it looks vile. Like, I was looking at thinking, Show and Yo have come over for that. And there's a bit when New <laughs> Japan... got a cab. New Japan put a caption up saying, Yorkshire puddings on the yeah. screen. It's like One that said jacuzzi. On. Yeah, the Yorkshire puddings one is better. And then they're talking, there's another caption that goes saying cheat day. It's like, if that's what you're on your cheat day, you may as well not bother. Yeah. Serious. <laughs> they're, 
they're sat there not really sure what the hell is going on. They're sat there. There's a point where Will Ospreay's mum starts going, do you know Batman? Batman. And I just thought, yeah, it's wasted on these two lads. They're not going to go, oh, what? Yeah, the the classic one with Adam West. That's not happening. But, like... Ospreay's mum and dad dressed up for the occasion, though, didn't they? <laughs> The same as you always see his dad. His dad in his blue Adidas t-shirt. His mum <laughs> yeah. in a Slazenger polo. And they're a short. Would you expect anything different? Come on. Oh, outside of the house, you look at it and think it's not, not particularly big. This place it's like a fucking TARDIS when you go inside. <laughs> like open plan kitchen and, and living room as well. Beautiful. And like like I said about the garden as well, you could it's it's like three times the size of the fucking house. Would you like to go around for one of Sue Ospreay's roasts? I would. I would have that. According to his dad as when he goes, oh, when New Japan comes on, I watch from the beginning to the end. And I thought, you are not watching fucking New Japan undercards, mate. Don't be pretending otherwise. <laughs> he's not like, he's at, what, is he on the grapple app, is he? <laughs> I hope he is. Get, get him on there. Pete Osprey. Get him on the grapple app. <laughs> <laughs> to get a sponsorship going, Grapple Gareth, get in touch. He's got a cracking wave that he demonstrates when he's sitting next to Show and Yo on there as well, hasn't he? So, yeah, yeah maybe we can get him waving in a oh, promotional image. Other uh, notable fact, when you walk in, you can see they've got, like, uh, they've bought loads of Stella and, and Dot. Yeah, case of Stella and a case of <laughs> Strongbow Dark Fruits in the... Uh, it's like being a fight club pro, isn't it? <laughs> in the hallway. Yeah. Working class to the very end, I respect it. It's a little, like... The w- Sorry, I was eating a grape while I was doing that, and it just got a bit too ambitious with it. But just sort of throw that in there. Back you, to grape, strong dark. <laughs> no, it is not. On bread. Um, you, you reminded me now, of that. Like, during uh, this week, I saw a tweet from was it Jason Manford. He said something like, uh, I know the truth hurts, but a Sunday roast is 15% meat, 10% Yorkshire pudding, and 75% nostalgia. And I was like, wow, that goes right to my heart. Joe agrees, though. Yeah. It's... I was actually driving to Southampton yesterday and had absolute 90s radio on, and he was on there, actually, so I must have missed that bit. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's just utter shite. Luckily, I managed to avoid a roast yesterday. Went out to Franco Manca at a cracking pizza. Oh, I had a pizza oh, yesterday. The, Big fan. Yeah. One of the best pizzas I think I've ever eaten. It was ridiculously good. Better than Sue Osprey's roasts. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, JP, you were going to finish a point about the Osprey video. I. <laughs> I can't think of where it is. Strongbow dark fruit, jacuzzis, no. dogs. He's got plenty of dogs. Yeah, he's got three <laughs> pugs in there as well. He looked like he just got up, but in fairness, he could have just had a fucking session. Well, now we know why he's Stellas he'd been into. And I don't know if he wants to, you know, if he's had a night on the Stellas, Christ knows the fucking arguments that have gone on in that place. <laughs> I know mean, you got them lying around the place. I'd be scared of his mum, though. She looks like she could end up beating. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. Oh, by the way, they start going through his kids' photos as well and stuff like that. It's it's genuinely brilliant. I'm going to have to watch it. I honestly think the meaning that we take from this is very, very different to what's being intended because <laughs> it's aimed at the Japanese New Japan audience. Isn't, but you don't need it. Isn't show or yo, one of show or yo, isn't he really into like art made with shit? Isn't that like a whole thing he's into? I'm sure I saw something about like a picture gallery they put on YouTube. Like Chris Afeli when he won the Turner Prize in the 2000s. Or like that, that Sasha Baron Cohen uh, sketch. I'm sure that's what he's into. Yeah. Pretty sure I saw something about that on uh, 1972.com. Ridiculous. Fucking, I can't imagine them in bringing that up in conversation in, uh, <laughs> Would with, <you? laughs> with Osprey's dad. I don't think he'd, 
I don't think he'd tolerate that. I think he'd probably just tell him to get out of the house. By the way, <laughs> as well, they didn't get the train to rain them. They got a fucking cab. <laughs> and there's a point where it seems like the cabbie's like, can you come on, get in the cab? Because they're there fucking around with the cameras, aren't they? It's, yeah, like I say, it's an incredible video. and I don't know if we spent as much time on that as what we will do about two or three other global wrestling promotions. <laughs> well, on that note. That, that video was made for us, mate. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, on that note, <laughs> we did all watch NWA Power this week. Eh? Speaking of uh, great shows, great entrance, great uh, opening music. What are, uh, i tell you what, like I... Watched it literally after we finished the after I finished editing the podcast last week, and I was maybe the most negative of the three of us. I have kind of been beating the drum of ah, in six weeks, no one's gonna care. I really enjoyed it, and it made me really look forward to tomorrow's episode. I, I think just seeing um one seeing the former Damien Sando Aaron Rex come across as like entirely likable and charismatic was great, but two mm. getting to find out that Trevor Murdoch's still alive. And was oh, a perfect a fit for this yeah. show and a perfect opponent for Ricky Starks, who himself came across there well. I honestly think I don't I don't think you can present they 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 have it in them to present someone badly on this TV show. Everybody, no matter like how much you might think you don't want to see Aaron Stevens or Damien Sando, whatever his name is, or how much you'd forgotten Trevor Murdoch exists in this universe, you know what? It works. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's there's some great interviews out there with Dave Lagana at the minute. I know he did one with John Pollock. There's a really good one he did with um, Dave Meltzer and Garrett Gonzalez as well. Um, it's great fun, this, isn't it? Mm. It's such an easy hour to watch. Mm. It flies by at this kind of mad pace. You mentioned about Ricky Starks as well. I, I think the only time I saw Ricky Starks was on that NWA anniversary show. The one that had all... My, um, Aldis versus Marty Skrull. Mm. And I tell you what, as a promo, I just thought he's fucking awesome. You mm. saw him at a progress show in Birmingham once as well. Yeah. Ricky Starks. Yeah, he did, did OTT, didn't he? With ba- is he Bailey's partner or is it the other one? I can't remember. Yeah, but they, they had a match with CCK. You've seen him twice. You saw him at a Rev Pro show as well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he wasn't good. No, he wasn't. Well, I'd, the match in and of itself absolutely fine none of the matches overstay their oh, well that's the thing isn't it like speaking of grapple rate i've seen gareth get bothered by people on twitter saying he's gonna mm-hmm. add nba to grapple and I, I i think i respect gareth's take of the thing is though if, you, if we added them to grapple you just everyone's just gonna two-star it aren't they and it's like i'm not in a bad way but like it's gonna look much worse than it is this isn't a show about matches yeah it isn't it's about talking mm. and actually it fulfills what TV of that era was there to do, which was to establish the big shows, the shows that people were paying money for. So they'd pay money to go and see those matches. And that's what they're doing. But they present it in such a fun way and they make the focus much more about the talking. And there's, but there's enough of the matches to be in there that you see some action in there as well. There's no wasted motion in this. They make the most of every kind of ounce of time they get. Every second there's something worthy on the screen. Yeah, absolutely, from the set, mm. which is tremendous in and of itself. And I remember listening to one of the points that Joe Lagana was saying, those adverts, the adverts they put in, the one for Austin Idol and oh, those Terry Falk's tire irons and waffles. That was great. <laughs> it's like fucking what? But what they're there to do is they're kind of as a placeholder to show potential advertisers, we would put you in that spot and this is the kind of style we'd go for. Mm. So 
they're like kind of performed as a kind of obviously an in joke as well, but they're to kind of seriously show how easily they can fit adverts into anywhere in the show. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. They, they say every bit of that presentation works from that to the commentary, like Jim Cornette calling it Trevor Murdoch, a big potato with arms and legs. Like he's so good on this oh. show. He's oh. perfect for this show. Great to see Murdoch. Oh yeah, it was good. It was a good match, wasn't it? A good little, good, and it was like a three or four minute match. Like watching starts. Masters football on Sky, some of this, like <laughs> yeah, Trevor Murdoch, like the five sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love watching that yeah. when I had easier access to Sky in the day. Yeah, uh, yeah see, yeah. seeing the there's man, Rule uh, Fox. Wonder where he ever got to. Yeah. Owns a restaurant in Norwich. My mates, friends of on Facebook. <laughs> Rule Fox is like a big in joke in my friendship group at home for years. <laughs> His dad's from Newcastle, so yeah. Um, but yeah, Rule Fox, good to know he's doing well. But yeah, just seeing Trevor Murdoch, um, Damien Sandow, mm. some of these guys are you sort of just sort of forget about Mr. It, maybe. Anderson, maybe. No, no. I could do about him. I could do Good about chemistry him. with Cabana, annoying. Good little team with Cabana, I like that. I thought that was like a nice little uh, uh, segment. I'd rather ace still, mate. That's all I'll say. Um, but yeah, as a show, I've, like, they may be interested in Nick Aldis. Yeah. Like, never did I think I'd be interested Main in Main event promo Magnus. Like that segment at the end yeah. with mm. his acting is genuinely good. With award-winning journalist Joe Galley. But that interaction with him and the way they yeah. mentioned the awards and the way he was trying to use like, distraction tactics and stuff, it's all so subtle and it's all so well thought out and well constructed but it all feels genuine as well. And like, I'm intrigued by this story and where it goes. Look, it could be the best domestic abuse storyline since Trevor and Moe. And that was a, that was a classic for the ages. <laughs> and that's the way they're going with this one at the moment. Possibly. Uh, Who knows? Careful, Bram's on the show still. Oh, fuck. That's a bad joke to make. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that really is. <laughs> no. uh, that match, though, was it wasn't really a match, was it? Though The Dawsons came out, but... Uh, God's uh, sakes, they need to get rid of him. Call him Thomas Latimer all you uh, want. He's fine in this presentation. Uh, you in know, this, everyone. I, I could do about him. He's still shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's one of them, isn't it? Uh, but I like Homicide and Eddie Kingston. Uh, I enjoyed yeah. that too. And like you say, the, the Magnus promo at the end was just a great, like they built to a big promo and that was fine. And it worked for this show. Like it, this is, it's a show about, it's a show about Mike work. And like I said, you know, Anderson, I could act because really that suits his qualities even mm. as much as I'm sick of seeing him. He was like, for me, like that, that's pushing it. Like that's as far as I'd want them to go with like the, the, the types of guys that they, that are out there and they could bring in. But yeah, I think they did a, a really good job. There's something mm-hmm. just really nice about, even when like, is it Alex Marquez who's the interviewer when he's talking to yeah. like the likes of him or talking Dave to David Marquez. Santa, Dave Marquez, yeah, and, they, and he's just got a nice little kind of you know, don't know cheeky kind of chemistry. Uh, he doesn't mind making a fool of himself. The crowd are great and they're up for everything. Yeah, if you aren't watching it, people, it's a it's a real fun one hour. And I think maybe you know, like I said, I do wonder long term whether you can keep something like this up both from a money point of view and both from a point of view well what's to stop you just watching the old stuff that this is uh this is a takeoff of but as a limited run youtube show building up to their big pay-per-view which they i think they are calling it into the fire aren't they after that incredible opening song yeah. uh jp it, it really works and yeah i think i'm gonna be i do feel like i'm gonna be watching this right the way through until the end of the run and maybe eating some of my own words yeah I, I, do you know what i just i hope they have a bit of joy mm. and manage to get some kind of 
TV deal out of this that allows them to kind of exist because what they're doing at least is very different to everybody else. Mm. And it's very easily kind of settled into something that I'm quite happy to watch each week. Rather like you say about AEW and looking forward saying, oh, I'll be watching that this week. It's Same easy thing viewing. Yeah. And mm. where AEW is going to be wrestling heavy, this is going to be promo heavy. And I'm mm. kind of fine with that. It differentiates the two products. It gives you something different. You're not just having to watch ring a- in-ring action. You're watching storylines built in a genuine way via promos, which is mm. something we've not seen for a long time because we've had to suffer through absolutely terrible promos mm. an ounce of subtlety for years now. And here we have genuinely subtle, well-built, character-driven yeah. promos with quite good acting as well. Mm. There you go. Um, what else you guys been watching? Uh, JP, do you want to get into Bound for Glory or is there anything else I'm missing? I think for Bound, Bound for Glory would be the the one to finish up on. That now. You I've only half seen... of you sell out. You promised on air yeah. last week, JP. You said you were going to watch it. I watched the second half. I though, wasted fair, so. two hours of my life watching that fucking game of football earlier on. <laughs> and actually, the last episode of Series 1 of Peep Show with my son, which was considerably better than Arsenal, Sheffield United. And probably and, better uh, than Bound for Glory, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah. At the minute where I've seen up to is pretty much everything to the up to the X Division ladder match. Oh, okay. I can so pick up where you left stuff. off then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I just jumped into like the last uh, hour and a half or so of the uh, the important stuff. So did you see Elgin Marafuji in that case? I did. It was fine, I wasn't it? I say. It was, it was okay. But to be honest, it just felt like the it felt dead. Mm. Like the crowd weren't necessarily into it as well. And I don't know. It's like anytime I've seen Marafuji because he was over at one of uh, in impact before Mm. and I don't know what it is it just doesn't connect it isn't something that necessarily works it's outside outside of Noah it just feels like a kind of a it's a match in a vacuum Mm. more or less and it's fine because they got Elgin to win as he should win in this Mm. but I didn't enjoy it as much as some people did yeah, I know. I know. Elgin put a lot of pressure on it as well, going in saying he was going to have one of the, like the best match of his career and all kinds of stuff like that, and building it up. And I think when you, once you do that, I think you you may be on a bit of a hiding to nothing. Um, I thought Marufuji was more over than I expected he would be. Mm. The crowd wasn't great. I agree with you, JP, because they weren't great all night. Really, it was a weird no, show to be honest. Like I. Honestly, Impact is, you know, people might laugh and people might not watch them anymore. And I understand why people don't watch them anymore. But I can't remember the last time they had a bad pay-per-view. And I wouldn't say this was a bad pay-per-view by any means, but it was probably probably the weakest one of the last couple of years worth of run. And most of it was the crowds. Like, I gave that match 3.75 on Grapple. Um, feels a bit high, to be honest. Maybe a 3.5 would have been more appropriate. Um, I haven't seen anybody completely there doing somersaults over it and absolutely loving it, but... I just thought it was a fine match and a good kind of maybe an exhibition for Elgin and the style he wants to work, uh, the heavy yeah. Japanese influence style. Obviously, he is uh, still out there despite not being with New Japan. And yeah, I thought it was just fine. Elgin's the type of broken toy that, that Impact kind of have to go with these days. Yeah, uh, I think this was a good use of him as a as you could do. Um, I was well, thinking when watching this match that on a Ring of Honor show, this would probably be like the second best match on the card very easily. Mm, yeah, at this point in t- at this point in time, mm. which says something about where impact shows are compared to to ring of honor mm. um so, you, so i saw that you didn't I see the ladder the, match i 
didn't see the ladder oh. match. How was that? Oh, my Just God, mate. Oh, my God. Like, there were some bumps in this one, like Canadian destroyers through ladders and Ace Romero, Jeez. who's a ridiculous... Like, he does, like, the uh, kind of Yokozuna-type gimmick, like the big guy gimmick. He took a bump through a table where I honestly thought he was dead. Like, he is too big to be taking those bumps off ladders through tables. Yeah, he's proper. It, he was an MLW. He was massive. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was ridiculous, really. And I thought thought he was great. I thought Ace Austin was great uh, in the match. I'm really high on him. Uh, Jake Christ is someone I've mm. always liked. Uh, Daga uh, looked good in there. But you know what? Of all the people in the match... I thought Tessa Blanchard looked the strongest. Like, as far as execution yeah. goes, and as far as carrying yourself like a star, I'm not Mr. Intergender, and people have heard me talk about that in this podcast before, but what she's doing, wasting her time and impact, I can't believe with the state of that AEW women's division that Tessa Blanchard isn't on AEW. Like, she is so good, and she stood out. As much as I enjoyed, mm. you know... Uh, the ridiculous uh, bumps in there, um, like I say, from from old AC, and as much as the, the ridiculous bumps kind of came from everyone else in the match, she stood out far and above as the star for me, and I was just watching it thinking, God, I wish they pulled the trigger on that big Sammy Callahan match and given her the big win there, and I wish, mm-hmm. if anything, I kind of wish that she was maybe somewhere a bit pro- more prominent, as much as I enjoy AEW. Um, but did you see any of the match at all? No, didn't. Say, that's oh. exactly where I'm up to on that. I mean, I had kind of reasonable expectations because I figured that Watch Romero would, would be the big base for for a lot of things on there. Dargas, um, is it because he, he, he goes out with Tessa Blanchard, doesn't he? As well, is that true? Yeah, I didn't realise that. So he's probably going to be a bit more kind of motivated to do anything as well. Mm. Um, and like you say about about Ace Austin and Chris, anytime I've seen them, I've, I've always thought they're fine. With Tessa Blanchard, it's such a strange one. Because the place really, if there was any logical booking that going on, the place that really she should be is WWE because there is this ready set up feud slash alliance that you can have with Charlotte Flair almost instantly. Or she teams but, up with her old man in AEW. But that's it, isn't it? I mean, AEW, if you were going to do that, you like she'd, you'd go for her, you'd go for Jordan Grace and you immediately strengthen up that, that women's division pretty heavily mm. from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she does. She, I haven't not seen the match. I mean, I actually, I think now I got to her entrance and she can even that entrance looks like a, the entrance of a star. Mm, definitely. Yeah. She came across that way. And I'd say Ace Austin did as well. Like he's someone who really carries himself well as well. Hopefully he doesn't get a, as much as I'm like, Oh, I don't want Tessa Blanchard to waste the time. In fact, I also don't want either of those two to just get snapped up by WWE as I've just said there. Hopefully. Yeah. They're on like maybe the AEW radar or they end up somewhere somewhere like that. But yeah, that was great. I watched Moose versus Ken Shamrock just because it was Moose versus Ken Shamrock. And Ken Shamrock walked out like it was 1997 all over again. He always had one of the better bodies in wrestling. And somehow at the age of what, 55 or whatever he is now, he walked Hell out that. and he looked every bit of the wrestler he did in 1987 with potentially less body fat. Like he was absolutely, ridi- absolutely ridiculous. Um, I thought, I really, I kind of, I'm not, you know, unfortunately with the amount of stuff to watch, Impact and MLW have fell off my radar and they're both great weekly shows. But the bits I have seen, I really enjoyed the build to this. I love Frank Trigg. I thought he was great. I thought Moose was really great playing like the ignorant wrestler, uh, talking about Shamrock being done and uh, Frank Trigg talking about how Shamrock's only got a, I think he said he's only got an, uh, uh, he's only got the ankle lock and, and that's kind of his only move. So he's going to be easy to train for. Um Shamrock went out there, tried to kill himself and maybe prove against that point. Did a 
ridiculous drive to the outside. I know uh, La Parker, not LA Park, was in the news this week for a dive that went really wrong. This was like an Undertaker-style dive from Ken Shamrock, you know, the over-the-top rope one. Oh. And Moose literally caught him and cradled him to the ground and stopped him from murdering himself. But that's how much Ken Shamrock was up for it. It was still shite, don't get me wrong. But I appreciated that he was up for it. It was like the... It was I'll the still Kim- be watching it. It was the Kimbo Slicer wrestler matches. I gave it two and a half stars. But I really fucking enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll be watching that. Mm. I'll, I'll be there watching that one. Yeah. It was what was the main event like? Yeah, it was kind of... It was a weirdly placed card like that coming on before it, but main event was fine. It was a no-DQ Sammy Callahan match. Uh, I know mm. Matt... I was speaking to Matt, he, or he was putting in on our group chat how much he loved it. I, of course he did. <laughs> Sammy Callahan, And I love Sammy Callahan as well. But I don't know. It was on the weaker end of the Sammy Callahan brawl, really. It was all the tropes. And it was right, considering the story they've, they've told with it and it being a, a blood feud uh, between the two, between Sammy Callahan and Brian Cage and all the wedding angle stuff they did leading in. Uh, but I just thought it was a just fine brawl. I wouldn't say got your way to, to watch it. It was kind of like, you know, you watch those GCW shows and they tack it, you know, you watch loads of fun stuff and they tack on the end like Jimmy Havoc versus Nick Cage or something like that it was a bit like mm. that i didn't really need it uh at the end as much as in this case it did make a m- more, lot more sense to the to the to the story but i don't know i'd seen enough kind of nasty bumps in the in the ladder match i didn't need more table spots and more or more nonsense but i did think yeah. both of them were good in the feud leading in and i thought sammy callan caught a great promo before the match talking about how he'd gone to wwe and they tried to change him and you know this is the real him and he's a you know he's, this is his house and all that stuff uh he is the man in impact whether that's a, a good or bad thing uh, but this is kind of unfortunately the sometimes the sammy callahan you get it was maybe i think i gave it three 3.25 on grapple um as far as uh big brawls go but yeah probably not worth staying to the njp if anything from that second half okay. i recommend the ladder match yeah fair enough what was, i would uh, say what was good in the first half oh mate not much not much <laughs> the the, the shot gauntlet did joey ryan turn up it, yeah, he did. And he did That's the, the dick plex stuff. Remember, and then he kind of went, yeah. Remember when he was on Being the Elite? It's an old one, isn't remember it? Remember that? Remember that when he was like a main cast member on Being the Elite? And he yeah. somehow, somehow the Young Bucks have got Brandon Cutler a job, but Joey, Joey Ryan isn't there. Big Toe must hate his fucking guts. I said that on Twitter today, and I had Joey Ryan fans of all things coming out the woodwork to give me grief. Um, I, I wasn't even having to go with Joey Ryan. I think he could fit a really nice, you know, that slot the librarians and Orange Cassidy yeah. and all those likes of filling. He could do that on AW, even if you turn him down. I'm kind of shocked he's round up in impact. On, with Joey. his gimmick being based around his dick, it's not the kind of dick Tony Khan's interested in today, is it? <laughs> He's probably wound Will Ospreay's house, eyeing up them dogs <laughs> in that New Japan video, thinking, right, well, he's the best wrestler in the world, but there's another reason I want him. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Poor Joey. That's <laughs> Joey Ryan's problem. Uh, no, it's by choice, though. It's by choice, though. That's what he keeps saying in promos, and his, and his, uh, his fans are defending him to me. He's chosen to go to Impact. It's not that uh, AW and WWE weren't, uh, weren't interested. Uh, yeah. How did he look yeah. anyway, JP? He was alright. He wasn't really in there. He was five minutes or so. Mm. I was what like I was watching this on the bus on the way to work, and I won't lie, I wasn't necessarily in a great mood because today's like a Mondays are like an incredibly busy day for me. 
and it's packed on that bus as well going through a couple of places which I don't really like. I will spare you, you the get details. the S1? I did get the S1. Always go S2. But it couldn't at that time. I just missed it. Uh. So I had to get the one, the busier one. And so I'm there watching it. And I'm like watching all of this Call Your Shot gauntlet. I'm calling it again because that's what I've seen up on the computer screen. And Jesus Christ. I was like, why am I watching this? Why am I watching Desi Hit Squad? Swoggle was there. <laughs> it was all nonsense. Eddie Edwards, who's there at the beginning, he's the only one positioned as being any kind of a star. We well, ends up winning at the end, and they're doing Eddie Edwards as some sort of crazy person. Still thing. doing still, it. They're still, still doing it. It's not good. It's yeah. not good at all. And he, he, in the end, it was between him and Mahabili Shearer, who mm. seems to be in and out of that Fuck. promotion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I Ty of Alkery to Neil Dashwood, not good. Did Rob Van Dam turn heel on the card as well? Was that in the Battle that Royal was, or was yeah. it in the tag match? I was going to say, if there was something you're going to watch, it would be that tag match, simply because I think the North are quite good as mm. a tag team. And I like Willie Mack and Rich Swan. Um, like, RVD and Rhino were fine during this, but this heel turn. So they have this match, just a standard match all the way through. And then for no real good reason, RVD just super kicks Rhino out of the ring. And then and then um, attacks uh, Rich Swan and Willie Mack. And the North pin uh, Rich Swan. No, I, I don't know where they're going with this. Um, but yeah, it was it was weird. The last time I can really remember Rob Van Dam as a heel was what? Sort of 1997? When he beats Lance Storm at Barely Legal was possibly one of his best sort of heel moments when they did the stuff with Jerry Lawler around that point in time, sort of 96, 97. Um, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with a heel RVD in 2019, though. I'm not. No. <laughs> that's, I am because yeah. he's our mate. But other yes. than that, yeah, I'm not hugely interested. I'm more interested in Robert Dunn's real life where he's posting pictures of himself with models in swimming pools and stuff. Uh, he's, he's, living, he's his li- living his best midlife crisis, AJP. Yeah, very much so. Uh, so yeah, that's bound for glory. Fair enough. Um, I was going to say, do you want to talk MLW? But shall we save that to next week when uh, when Joe's not here? I might do a bit of a catch up. I know Matt's yeah. been requesting for us to praise the the dynasty. You've been doing some great promo work, apparently, on that TV show. But uh, have you been watching any more of that, or should we catch up? So on am I the bar to us talking about MLW? <laughs> <laughs> it's always because it happens right at the very end, and we it's just always never too get late. To it. so long. It's like half twelve. Yeah, I know. Up at like seven. We're going to save it for next it week. It tells you how much MLW matters in the grand scheme of things. Nah, you're doing it a disservice. Which, which I'm doing interesting it a stuff around. There's that. too much wrestling around, <laughs> and MLW is there. It exists. But there's other stuff that's more important yep. and more relevant than this. That's point. why we've had the ongoing joke of MLW getting pushed to the next week for the last three weeks running. Yeah. That's yeah. always happened. I know, but yeah. it feels like I'm the bar here and I'm the reason we can't talk about it. <laughs> no, it's that. normally all of us need to sleep at some point. That's yeah. normally just the bar. Just we've got no time and next week we'll have time. That's all. Oh, we'll uh, still find half. Like I'm, I'm holding you two back from your worst inhibitions. You're going to go full Kenny Omega next <laughs> week. <laughs> right, JP, we'll do Retro Impact, Retro Ring of Honor, MLW. Yeah. What do you reckon? That sounds good. I won't listen. <laughs> oh, come on, Joe. a listener. Oh, unbelievable. Well, jo- yeah, this will wake you up, Joe. Some breaking news I've just been told about. You know, the uh, £44 world membership you can get to progress? Yeah. Yeah, it's been cancelled. They've, uh, they've sent an email <laughs> out saying, update, we are now considering exactly what this will be and how it will work. Our initial proposal was not suitable and has been withdrawn. <laughs> well, bu- they bugged JP's... Uh... 
it's gone um okay well if we've got nothing else to talk about i'll plug my uh, my podcast with wh park um is mm-hmm. just the liga series on a uh, on post thunderstruck uh, that's going to be debuting this weekend and my episode is out next weekend on the 3rd of november uh do you <laughs> know when your one that's out jp mine's with uh with daniel I'm the match with daniel recording mine in about the next week or so oh, okay we can look forward so to i'm weekend. doing that Doing that there and then, and another one with uh, with hopefully with um, Alan Coonahan oh. on Peter Torch as well. Yeah, very interesting. Any idea on the subject that, for that? He did a great uh, one with it's, uh, it's, Bruce Pritchard this week. Not Bruce Pritchard. It's going to be it's going to be Liger. Um, oh, uh, cool. I, so we're going to be we're going to be doing that from a from a slightly different perspective. But yeah, really looking forward to doing that. Awesome. I look forward to listening to that. Yeah, he did one there this week with Bruce Mitchell, uh, making him watch OTT oh, yeah. uh, and making him watch Riptide. It was a really great listen. So, yeah, if you're not a Torch subscriber, check it out. Um, but, yeah, anything else before we go or I'll be going to bed? That's lit. It's time for sleeping. Fair enough. Uh, follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Benson Richard E. Uh, follow JP at JPJP. Follow the Grapple app at Grapple app. Download Grapple. Uh, if you're an Apple user, if you're an Android user, just search it in the relevant app store. You can find it there. Join the conversation. Joe, have a great time in Scotland, if that's possible. And I guess it'll just be me and JP next week. He'll love it. And enjoy ICW, Joe. He's <laughs> just nodding his head to it. <laughs> He's gone already. Right, that's it for us for another week. We'll be back next week. Bye. Give praise and shout some, here's the outcome. Cut across the semi-gloss, rhymes your floor. Shit is outdated, just like neck loads of sterling. Suede fronts, belt bottoms, and tri-color shirlings. I ain't particular, I bang like vehicular homicides on July 4th in stop. Where money don't grow on trees and they're Steve and MCs Who cut throat to rake leaves, they can't breathe Blood splash, rushing fast like running rivers I'll be that whiskey in your liver You love the girl and you might It's the 52 baby strike This is not 85 Jewel of the Iron Mike, as in the, the that song